Hello and welcome to The Conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Cameron Regal. And Cameron, you and I, we are both, and I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're proud to admit this or not, but we, we are both regular players of Mario Kart Tour, the mobile smartphone edition of Mario Kart that too many people's slow dawning realization and chagrin is this generation's current Mario Kart game. Um, there's no Mario Kart 9 in sight, but there is Mario Kart Tour. And as a result, uh, we've been getting new content in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe that is being sourced from Mario Kart Tour. And so I thought, you know, I, I haven't had much to say about the, the booster course pass uh, in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, we, we are actually qualified to talk about this because we play quite a bit of Mario Kart Tour and we sort of, uh, we, we, we sort of see everything as it is for better or for worse. So I thought it'd be fun to just take some time now, now that we got the first two waves of the new tracks in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe released to, uh, to, to, to take, take a minute, take a New York yeah, minute I, and discuss what we got so far. I, I kind of find myself surprised to realize that, yes, I am qualified to talk about this because when Mario Kart Tour came out and for like a good maybe like year and a half or so or more of its existence i took like a hard line like do not like this stance with it oh yeah oh yeah um but i turned around on it and i think 90 percent of me turning around on it was just i upgraded to another phone in that time that could actually run the game a little bit better same uh <laughs> well and and as i've discussed on the conversation I also realized the art, the zen of understanding Mario Kart Tour and finding it enjoyable. If you're looking for an authentic Mario Kart experience, that's not what Mario Kart Tour is. But if you like the sensation of bouncing off things and building up chain combos, and most importantly, accessorizing characters with kart and glider combinations... <laughs> then, then it becomes quite amusing, uh, it, and it, it's something you can do while you're waiting for things to process, like say podcast episodes that you've edited, or you're just sitting it, on the couch watching TV, and you you can just pull out your phone and do do a track it, or two. It's, I it's something that I've like come to terms with, like. I can enjoy this, but not if I try to enjoy it for the same reasons that I would any other Mario Kart game on Earth. Yeah. And somehow along the way, it's become the Mario Kart game that I played the most. <laughs> Probably sheer hours that I put into this. Mindless hours where I'm half distracted. But, you know, I, I have to admit, I've gotten quite into just the routine of Mario Kart Tour, so... Mm. All that said, I, like, have taken a hardline stance, like, I do not want to give this game one red cent of my money, so I have been, like, extremely free to play with it. Um, I, like, did the 
the free trial of the gold pass they give you once and then canceled it. Uh-huh. If I was to buy anything in the game, it might be another a gold pass one of these days. But no, I, I I'm kind of like hardline. Sea of Thieves is like the only monetized game I really want to engage terribly much with right now. Yeah, and meanwhile, I spent thirty nine ninety nine on Dixie Kong. In my defense, it was Dixie Kong. <laughs> so, and I, <laughs> we'll get into it, but uh, I can't say I wouldn't spend uh, forty bucks on her in Mario Kart Tour. Uh, Mario Kart Eight, I might. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do spend money. I, I I do have the gold pass. I have to admit, because it's not that much money a, uh, a month, but uh, I I only go for the uh, the big like monetized purchases if it is Donkey Kong related because I'm a mark and <laughs> I'm thinking my my thought process is right this will be me showing Nintendo that I'm willing to pony up the cash for Donkey Kong uh so I I bought Dixie Kong I bought the DK Maximum the the like varnished wood version of the DK Jumbo I bought that when it was thirty nine ninety nine in the shop. <laughs> I I know it's disgusting and it makes me look like a fool being taken by con men, but you know what? I'm a fool in love for everything Donkey Kong. So I'd I'd at least say if you're getting into like for the sake of our audience, if you're getting into Mario Kart Tour, um, exclusively for Donkey Kong content. Um, like the later you join into the game, the better, because a lot of the Donkey Kong content has been in the game so long that it just regularly shows up in the shop rotations of things you can buy with the normal currency you accrue from just playing the game. Yeah, I, I've seen Dixie Kong come around like four to six times since I spent her yeah. spent th- real money Di- on her. I'd say like Dixie and Funky like come around like. Like fair, like maybe like once every one and a half months now, it feels like either Dixie or Funky and the DK Jumbo and the Barrel Train show up. It feels like once a month or more. (laughs) Yeah. Or like like maybe maybe even like (laughs) once a week. Yeah. Where is the uh, original Rambi Rider, Cameron? Because it never shows up. It never shows. I've been playing the game for a year and a half now, religiously, and I have not seen it once in any of the pipe rotations. I almost have to wonder, like, did somebody accidentally, like, comment out a one or something? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. It's getting to the point where I don't, like, this, this isn't, like, rare or platonic where I can just drop a line either with the studio publicly or with people I know at the studio and ask them this, this is Nintendo. So there are, you know, brick walls upon brick walls to, for, to get any access to them. But I do want to publicly question the Mario Kart tour Twitter and be like, Hey, did you accidentally, you know, screw up some code? (laughs) So the Rambi writer isn't appearing because I haven't seen it in a year and a half. And I feel like, we at DK Viner, the only people, like, we on staff and also the readers and, you know, listeners to the show are the only ones who will obviously notice that that hasn't been showing up because we want it so badly. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not even showed up in the like pay forty dollars for it shop. Yeah, it's and it and it's just it's not one of the high end carts. It's like mid tier cart where most of the mid tier carts, aside from some recolorings, are are all you know they they all show up on the regular. So I I think yeah I think when they added the Ramby Runner or something something went wrong, and the Ramby Runner being the high end like whiter version. Of, of the Ramby Rider. But anyway, uh, that, that's something I can pursue in my free time when I'm not doing a podcast. And when I'm yeah, not... Yeah, I think we're we're getting so far off course that Lakitu has to come and pick us back up <laughs> and put us back on task. Yeah, so the task being uh, some due diligence. So, if how you've got here you haven't a clue here being a decade-long Donkey Kong universe-centric podcast, then you very well might have been wasting away in a city or town known for their tequila-based cocktails. But it's just as likely that you got ripped on the cool yellow liquid of country rock Gulf Coast pioneer Jimmy Buffett. And I'm here to tell you that Jimmy Buffett's land shark island-style lager lives up to its name, and that it's a lot like having Snacker the Shark from off of Banjo-Kazooie's Treasure Trove Cove, and that one little area of Rusty Bucket Bay with the Jinjo on the dinghy, pursue you even after you've gotten back on shore. And then he keeps at it, through Grunty's Lair, and even back home to Spiral Mountain. You just can't get away from Snacker. Might as well let him eat you. Jimmy Buffett's Landshark Island-style lager. It leads me to make very bad financial decisions while playing Mario Kart Tour. Also, just want to uh, give a shout out to our Twitter page, DK Vine, on Twitter, at DK Vine. If you get stressed out by social media and you want some Donkey Kong rare or platonic goodness in your feed, uh, be be sure to uh, follow us. Follow us on Twitter. I, I tweet every day. I'm on there. Usually nonsense. Sometimes, you know, cool factoids about the DKU. So, uh, so give us a follow. Thanks. All right, Cameron. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mario Kart Tour. So for the first time ever, it seems like we have two active Mario Kart games that are in dialogue with one another. Uh, We've never had a situation quite like this in the past. Like, we've had concurrent Mario Kart games, vaguely, in that we might have a a new Mario Kart installment on a console or handheld, but and then there would be a Mario Kart arcade game made by Namco around the same time, but they're not actually interacting with each other. Yeah. We we never had like an an F Zero AX situation where those games were like actively communicating with each other, yeah. and these aren't really either. But no, but th- there is shared development here, and there is clearly at, at some point they were putting in so much legwork on Mario Kart Tour that meanwhile Mario Kart Eight Deluxe has been a consistent seller for Nintendo on the Switch. You know, surprisingly so, it seems to be like the the killer app that everyone wants to have when they get a Nintendo Switch. 
And uh, I'm not including myself in that. Like, I have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, obviously, but it's not something I religiously play like I do Mario Kart Tour. Um, when I'm playing my Switch, no. I prefer to play something like Tropical Freeze on the Switch or Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle or, you know, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate or Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. I, 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 I can't say, I, I think I got my fill with Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. So I, I, I feel pretty much the same way. I actually didn't, I have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on Switch now, but I didn't buy it until around the time this booster course pass was announced and it just happened to so what happened with mario kart 8 deluxe was when it was announced and they started going over all the new features you know i got excited for probably the same reason you did thinking oh they're adding a bunch more new characters (laughs) well here's the second shot for diddy to get into the game because it was really distracting that he wasn't in the original and now they have time to uh, course correct that and they did not yeah yeah <laughs> um so i kind of like stubbornly dug in my heels for years with the thought that like I- i'm not paying full price for mario kart 8 twice if they're not going to put diddy kong in the game right and Um, what finally got me to like relent was the combination of announcing this, which I knew would suddenly get a lot more people playing Mario Kart 8 again. Um, uh, also my own like curiosity of, oh, I'd like to play some of these tour tracks on a console. And around the same time for like Maybe the only time I can think of um, Mario Kart 8 went on a a significant sale, and I don't mean like it was a lot of money off, but it was significantly it was significant in that a Mario game got a sale, <laughs> right? A, a Mario game published by Nintendo and not Ubisoft, with without um, any like player's choice branding or or whatever, right? Like, let's so make, it was let's just kind of a. Red. It was kind of a reluctant, like, okay, if I don't buy it now, I'm never going to. So let's just rip this off. Yeah. I, and, I mean, I I did, and it's like I'm overselling how painful it is, because, you know, Mario Kart 8's a good game. I like it. It is. And but, and, and I've, I think I've been on the record on this show where it is begrudgingly my favorite console Mario Kart game. Oh, well, I mean, not just console Mario Kart game, but I guess any Mario Kart game. Total, uh, you know, because Mario Kart 64, I loved and held that as the high standard for many years. Uh, but I, I can admit that the game is flawed, heavily flawed, and in some ways doesn't really hold up. Except, you know, except maybe Block Fort. Block Fort has not been matched. But uh, yeah, not, nothing is me- no battle course is measured up to Block Fort. Yeah, it's. It's yeah. somehow still the gold standard. And obviously, you know, the, the shine was pretty early taken off Mario Kart for me when Diddy Kong Racing came out. But, you know, as far as Mario Kart goes, uh, Mario Kart 8 character selection notwithstanding, uh, I, I think is just the best Mario Kart. It's the most fair uh, as far as the items to actual racing ability ratio goes. It's got... The best tr- it had the best track selection already, 
Um, and of course, the graphics were just out of this world for a Mario game. Uh, and a Mario Kart game at that. But Yeah, I'm, I was especially shocked by that when it came out because I'd kind of um, resigned to the idea that, like, ever since Double Dash, well, you know, Mario Kart games just aren't going to be the best-looking games on any system. And, no, they they knocked it out of the park. You can feel the effort in that original Mario Kart 8 release to push the envelope and it really pays off it's still a very pretty game even though it's uh creeping toward a decade old yeah right yeah i i I think like double dash really set the the tone for what mario kart would be for the next decade after it where it it had this kind of plasticine pastel smoothed out artifice to it that i don't know it 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 kind of worked for double dash and then it got old by the time we got to the wii and i uh, I think the nadir of it for me was mario kart wii because it was it repurposed so much of double dash but also made independent choices all its own like um there's a lot of like awful lighting and bloom in Mario Kart Wii yeah. that does not mesh with the the pastel Mopali stuff from Double Dash. But right, yeah, I just kind of resigned to like, okay, well, Mario Kart's just going to look like this forever. And yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart Eight came out, and what really impressed me, and this was at 2014, so this was post Tropical Freeze, um, but. This was uh, like right around the time where I was also just, I think at the tail end of my cynical years. And uh, I don't know, it it took a lot to impress me, right? Uh, Keep in mind, this was around right around the time before Super Smash Brothers 4 came out and that whole drama. Uh, But... What what really wowed me with Mario Kart 8, a game, again, which did not have Diddy Kong, which became my criteria for enjoying a Mario Kart game at that point. What impressed me about <laughs> Mario Kart 8 was it's the first time I really felt like the Mushroom Kingdom was a real tangible place that I that I could visually, like, imagine visiting. Um, a feeling I've often gotten with Donkey Kong Island and the rest of the locations in Rare's games and the DKU, but never really got with Mario. Mario's always felt like this candy-coated Alice in Wonderland bizarro world where, you know, it just never read as believable to me. And all of a sudden, here are these locations, some of them familiar, some of them brought back from past Mario Kart games, just rendered in such gorgeous realism. I mean, they're still, you know, they're still cartoony, but there's it's the kind of like that rare level of realism meeting the cartoon realm and creating something that's sort of heightened, but something that you can tangibly sort of feeling your bones that was that was right, what mario kart 8 was right taking something fanciful and hyper stylized and making it look real yeah um and it's it's not just like the level of texture detail and model detail but um 
I I realized this revisiting some of the, I mean, revisiting some of the old tracks in preparation for this episode. There is so much stuff going on in the background in Mario Kart 8 that is so incidental that, like, consciously, you're not even going to pick up on it racing around. Yeah. Like, just, like, shy guys, like, hanging out, like, mining or, um, or, like, platforms and bridges and houses that you will never actually reach as part of the racetrack. Yeah, it it definitely, like, it, it, one of my gripes with Mario Kart 8 is that Lakitu is very judicious in <laughs> pursuing you if you got get slightly off course. And I'm like, I want to explore. I, I want, I want, <laughs> like, the thing I liked about Mario Kart 64 is that you felt like you had a little bit more freedom there. And sometimes the game would just incorporate that, like, riding around the... The courtyard of Peach's yeah, castle. Yeah, the, the thing everybody remembers in Mario Kart 64 is veering off course and driving around Peach's castle. Yeah, um, they, they gate it off. They don't let you do that no, no more. No, they, they don't. But, you know, it, it, it is a, a, just a gorgeous game, and that's something that stuck with me. Um, and so when they announce, what is it, 48 new tracks? Like, basically doubling the amount of tracks that were in the, the original game... It's just like, oh my god, yeah. like we're gonna get this treatment for so many other classic tracks. Very very pointedly, like the select screen has to just like shift you to another one that's the exact same size whenever you go to these DLC courses. Right. Like it, it's I don't know how many of you are familiar with Mario Kart Super Circuit, but it's it's much the same way once you unlock the original tracks from the original Super Mario Kart, uh you just have to go to another screen or it it just like it's like here's another flower cup with with these tracks um but yeah it's like i i don't think it really hit me like how massive this is this just doubles the size of the original Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and what became readily apparent though was that it is being done i think it's twofold. Uh, one, they've got all this work done from developing things for Mario Kart Tour, which I imagine is a financially lucrative operation for them and therefore justifies the continued development of new tracks, new ideas. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has still been selling so well, so consistently, that they didn't want to proceed with development of a new Mario Kart game when it would make no financial sense to. But what they could do was just further increase the value of not only Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but the um, Nintendo Switch Online service. Uh, If you subscribe to that, you get these tracks for free or just as a bonus. So... It just made yeah. sense to take what work they've done for Mario Kart Tour and reprocess that for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I mean, I don't begrudge them. You know, it, it it's smart. It makes total sense. Um, and like, it seems like a like a like a business savvy move. But like, I I would love to have been like a fly on the wall when this was in a fly on the wall that could understand Japanese <laughs> um, or any human language, really. Yeah, and isn't just 
<laughs> gonna get gonna get skull crunched from hanging around. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would love to know like the genesis of how this came about because my my first well you know my first reaction once I like fully understood what this was that it is like this upcycling of content from tour to Mario Kart eight mm. um, years and years after they stopped um, generating new content for Mario Kart eight. Um, and I mean, just append a deluxe on the end of that because I'm going to constantly forget to do that. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, 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 my first thought, like after taking in the, in the totality of what this is, is, Oh, this exists because something happened behind the scenes, <laughs> and I want to know what it was. I mean, the obvious answer is, like, the pandemic is to blame at some stage of this, but I, this this course of action to me um, feels, like, so, like, out of out of the realm of what Nintendo, how Nintendo usually does um, content rollouts for their games, and also just the weirdness of, well, people have been asking for Mario Kart 8 DLC for years, why now? Yeah. Um, that it feels like some internal plan got messed around, either, either relating to the Mario Kart series itself, or just... Um, you know, filling content holes in a release schedule that got completely upended. That just makes me feel like this was th this was like the the emergency option. Yeah, and it's it's hard to say one that I appreciate, but just I want to know why. It, it, <laughs> I'm very it, curious. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say, and the truth is, we'll probably never know until there's a massive leak from Nintendo twenty to twenty five years from now. Uh, but it, it's also a new era under Nintendo, Shintaro Furukawa, and, you know, stuff that they may not have been on board with in the past, you know, they've got new, they're under new management, uh, new president, and it's also just a new era where we do have mobile games that are, you know, uh, a financial windfall for, for studios, uh, you know, sometimes, you know. Dr. Mario World apparently wasn't, but uh, Mario Kart Tour it seems to be just uh, a windfall of cash for them because of suckers like me who will spend thirty nine ninety nine on getting to race as a beloved character that they've withheld from every other iteration of the game series. But you've got that, you've got the bizarre nature of the Switch, where the Switch is such a successful console and such a one 180-degree turnaround from their last console, which was a disaster. Uh, and so you you kind of get the sense that the Switch is just a do-over for a lot of the stuff they did for the Wii U. You know, that's why we have most of the Wii U I mean, Wii that's U literally library. what Mario Kart 8 is. Yes. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just, oh, Mario Kart 8 did well for the Wii U, but imagine how well it could do on a system that people actually own. And I mean, but we, we, we have most of the Wii U library on the switch at this point. And it, it just does feel like the switch is just, Oh, let's okay. Take two, everyone. Let's try that again. Uh, the, and so it feels like we've been in a holding pattern as, as Nintendo fans, aside from, you know, games that have gotten 
um, new Switch centric, uh, you know, iterations. Um, you know, as, as a Donkey Kong fan, it's just like, oh yeah, we got Tropical Freeze again. Uh, waiting on that new game, Nintendo EPD. Yeah, it's it's kind of upset the the natural order of expectations for a new Nintendo console. Yeah, because like we we've, we've been Nintendo fans for so long. I think we've kind of ingrained this idea that like you you know you like a popular, very lucrative series that will absolutely get a new game in the future. Um, if you get an entry on that console, you just accept like. Okay, well, we you know we got we got Double Dash, we got Jungle Beat. That's those are going to be the only big mainline games on the on the GameCube, and mm-hmm. we gotta wait till the Wii, and then you know we get Returns and Mario Kart Wii. Okay, those are going to be the only ones. Yeah. Um, with the Switch introducing this scenario where, um, well, the the main entry on Switch can just be a slightly upgraded version of the game that was on Wii U and whether or not there's a new um, com- dedicated original entry on that console is completely up in the air. Yeah. Um, some, sometimes you get it like, um, like uh, we've had uh, four um, warriors crossover games on switch. <laughs> um, we've had uh, two splatoons, um, mm. which splatoon, Two was not an upport of Splatoon One, but it was very much a game I think made with the understanding that you did not have to have experienced Splatoon One. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it 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 is. I mean, it makes financial sense, and I get it. If they can just basically negate all the loss from the Wii U years, and you know, w- w- with minimal financial investment it makes complete sense and especially with something like mario kart where you know mario kart 8 deluxe is continuing to please the masses so why upset that apple Kart? uh the apple Kart being a cart in mario kart tour by the way <laughs> yeah it's a weird thing where like i i see very little incentive for nintendo to make a new mario kart game on the switch because you're just gonna um immediately dovetail Eight deluxes sales, which are consistently strong. And it's getting to the point where it's something like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, where, well, you're not going to outdo this. Uh, like, the, the only way to make Super Smash Brothers Ultimate better is just probably adding new content down the line, you know, on a new console. So is, is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like, such a perfect Mario Kart that the only thing left to do is to continue to add new content. I don't know. I, I think you could probably improve on Mario Kart 8, sure, you know, um, but I don't think there's any reason to go for a Mario Kart 9 um, because how many people on the Switch will buy that who already have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? So I, I, I can see the method to their madness. It is, as you said, just kind of uh, upsetting the natural order of things as a Nintendo fan because that's not the way things are usually done. We did have the new play control games uh, when the Wii came out from the GameCube, but that was just kind of, uh, you know, to, to show off the, the new waggle waggleness of the Wii. And uh, it's, it sticks in my mind more because, you know, Jungle Beat, we got the bongo-less version of Jungle Beat which I feel was inferior, but, you know, um, 
Yeah, it, it's, just, it's just uncharted territory here. And then we have the mobile market, which wasn't a thing um, for Nintendo, you know, even a decade ago. And that opens up the possibility, well, hey, we've done all this work for it. What if we just upscale these tracks slightly and stick them into 8 Deluxe? It, it makes sense, yeah. and I can't begrudge them. I see a lot of people upset when they realize what these tracks are and why they may not measure up quite as much to the original, what, 48 tracks in the game. But, you know, I, I can't be too upset about it, especially because they're not making me pay anymore for it. I, I You know, being a subscriber to Nintendo Switch Online on, the, on our DK Vine family plan... I, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm I'm not even paying full price for this and I'm getting these tracks. Sweet. Yeah. um, And it's also, I think, like under, maybe like under addressed that for as much as like, especially we personally always say, like looking at when content rollouts for tour, oh, wow, Pauline's in this, Diddy's in this, Funky's in this, Dixie's in this. Why can't they just put these things in Mario Kart 8 where I would want to use them? Um, similar things were being said about the tracks. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I I would like to, I was thinking like, yeah, I would like to play like a version of New York Minute on Mario Kart 8 and not on my phone. Well, especially because... Uh, when. The way Mario Kart Tour works, for those who don't know, is that it cycles content in and out. So you have 14 days in a tour to to play a small curated selection of tracks. So when you get tracks like the aforementioned New York Minute or Sydney Sprint, um, they're, they're not always available in the game. It just depends what's available in that tour. So to have those tracks then in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe means you can always play on those tracks, which is really cool because there have been times where I'd be like, oh, I wish I could access New York Minute to get some screenshots for it. I can't do that because I don't know when it'll come back around in Mario Kart Tour. So that is the true benefit, I think, of having these things preserved in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh, absolutely. That's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. And it's resulted in them having to make some clever, interesting decisions, which we'll get into. Oh, yes. So, yeah, let's talk about the new tracks in the game thus far. Well, I say new tracks. I think you could only charitably describe one of these as a new track. And even then, um, it it's a new track in the same way that Banjo was a new character in Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> <laughs> so we, that's 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 apt that's apt cameron uh so we've got uh now not to say that banjo isn't a diddy kong racing original he is based on the way fate unfolded but you know i just i, I could see the I, I could see the land sharks circling me at the moment saying see see banjo is not a diddy kong racing character i'm like shut up all right we've got Four cups currently. So so what they do is with each wave, they add two cups to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I like I do like the staggered rollout of it because it, it makes it... It's similar to discussing how you release TV content in 2022. You've got the Netflix model, which is just dump everything at once. 
And then it, you know, it became, it becomes like a talking point for a week or so. And then people just move on or you stagger it and you, people keep talking about it. You know, the traditional method of releasing something and, and, you know, video games have gotten a lot more episodic, uh, you know, in the modern era because of the way we release content. You know, you don't just release a game on a cartridge and then it's done. You know, game games are living, breathing, organic things now. So I, I like that there is this staggered release system where they're stretching it out into next year. Uh, it, it adds some sort of like new vitality to Mario Kart 8 Yeah, that I've, wasn't there before. I've liked it because, yeah, it gives you reason to repeatedly revisit Mario Kart 8 throughout the year and coordinate these multiplayer sessions. And I think the the amount in which they've been doling it out is perfect, which is eight tracks at a time. Mm-hmm. Like two two Grand Prix worth of tracks because... You know, it's it's not a situation where like, oh, we're gonna go online and play the new track. Well, we played the new track. Right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> um you actually get like a decent like you can get like a hour longer, more like nice multiplayer session out of like playing two cups over and over. I I have not actually played any multiplayer for this. Every time you all, you know, arrange a session, I I have plans that afternoon or I have to go do something. So I'm just like, ah, because usually it's after after our Sea of Thieves sessions when we've been playing for four hours already. (laughs) And I'm like, that's my video game time for the week. Like, I'm done. It's also um, not the most convenient to coordinate sessions because, um, well, bluntly... This is a game on a Nintendo console, and it's a game on a Nintendo console made by Nintendo that was originally released in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have a, like, um, I'll, I'll give this example. Um, I had seen um, the other day that you and me were playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the same time. Yeah. And if this were an Xbox game... I would have just, oh, I can hit the, the main button and send an invite to Heil asking if he wants to play. And if he doesn't want to, then he can just ignore it. Um, no such system for that in Mario Kart 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's very frustrating. And I don't know if people who are Nintendo loyalist diehards understand how frustrating it is when you're a regular Xbox player and you have that convenience of, of just jumping into a friend's game, having a, you know, just instant communication with them. No, no such luck yeah, it's on the like Switch. If I, yeah, it's like if I, if you're a person with like phone anxiety, you can just kind of distance yourself and like, oh no, I'm not asking them if they want to play CFDs with me. My Xbox is asking on my behalf. <laughs> it's okay if they're annoyed at the robot. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially since, you know, I'm an introvert by nature and I have to really turn it on when I'm ready to talk to people, right? Like what you're getting on this podcast is me operating at peak efficiency once i'm done with the podcast i collapse i'm like i'm like uh i have talked what i'm gonna talk for today i'm just gonna go into my cave and and read a book <laughs> you know but 
uh, yeah, yeah, the Xbox gives you that little uh, shield, that little culpable deniability. You know, it's just, oh, yeah, my Xbox is asking for me. Thank you, Xbox. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't played this, but I, but I played all these tracks uh, solo. And, um, yeah, I, I like the way they're broken up because it seems like we have a, a healthy mix of tour originals and retro tracks that were made retro tracks by way of their inclusion in Mario Kart Tour. This is all through Mario Kart Tour, even if the tracks aren't created for Mario Kart Tour. They were still recreated for Mario Kart Tour yeah, and then upscaled which, for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Which means um, to some controversy that like a lot of the changes made specifically to Tour to some of these courses carry over, like... um. Uh, uh, Sky Garden has a like slightly simplified layout, um, mm. and uh, like a, a big to do was made about Coconut Mall having ramps instead of steps. Though I think that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think I think because I I'm at a weird place with this because I do really enjoy Mario Kart Tour. Once you understand what Mario Kart Tour is, and you can understand how to divine joy from that, uh, Mario Kart Tour becomes uh, just just good, silly fun. Um, but also, I have no great like fidelity to Mario Kart tracks beyond a select handful. Like I'm not like, oh, they butchered Coconut Mall. I don't really care about Coconut Mall. <laughs> you know, I... I, I guess I would get that way if it was DK's Jungle Parkway or any Donkey Kong track. That yeah, it would, it would depend for me, like... Like, I, I feel like there's only, at, at least for from my perspective, two tracks where I'm, like, in, in these two DLC sets where I'm distracted by a a layout change made to the track. Yeah. But otherwise, like, if I just... You know, I accept these things look the way they do because they're from tour, but like, like I like Choco Mountain. I, I'm not when I'm on Choco Mountain. I'm not constantly thinking this is from a mobile game, right? This 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 wasn't made specifically out of the bones of the N64 course. I love so much. How right. dare they? Yeah, I, I still get the same vibes I get from the N64, basically, when I'm playing Choco Mountain in 8 Deluxe. Even though, yeah, it's it's clearly the Mario Kart Tour version. I get, there is, you know, some, some give or take here. Some tracks, I think, work better with this method than others. Uh, I didn't even 100%. like... 100%. I didn't even really notice Sky Garden, because, you know, I'm used to Sky Garden being just flat from Mario Kart Super Circuit. So to have it be this, like, more dynamic track... The, as it is a Mario Kart tour, like I'm not noticing. Oh, they simplified yeah. it because it seems more complex to me. I don't know. And like that's a that's a thing in general. Like these these courses do lack the complexity of a homegrown like Mario Kart Eight Deluxe course or Mario Kart Eight course. But um, that doesn't mean like tour doesn't slouch on its track recreations. It has to optimize them for a phone, but right. It's doing interesting things with it, like um, like we're not going to get Baby Park in this DLC set because Baby Park's already in Mario Kart Eight. But 
it reinvents Baby Park in a different way than Mario Kart 8 did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like, Mario Kart Tour is designed for more bite-sized sessions. In fact, you, races are only two laps in Mario Kart Tour, which I, I, I have to admit, I've kind of grown <laughs> to prefer, because when I'm playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I'm like, this is taking forever. Like, it, it's given me this... Um, this attention deficit disorder when it comes to Mario Kart, I think. Flipping flipping back and forth between the two, there is, like, so much I have to, like, unteach myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Do you drive off the course at all times in Mario Kart 8 now? I drive into the grass and wonder, like, oh, I'm slowing down instead of it auto-steering me back on course. Or <laughs> Lakitu has had um, to pull my ass out so many times because I just think the game is going to protect me. <laughs> the the biggest things i've like generally have to adjust to are that items don't automatically drag behind you when you get them so like if i have to block a red shell and i have a green shell in my hand i have to remember oh i have to actually hold the button down for this to block mm -hmm. or i have to manually expend all my items they don't just reset when i go collect new ones yeah yeah, I I I have to admit, like Mario Kart Tour, like I'm I'm not a great Mario Kart player by any shakes. <laughs> uh, I've I've never been great at Mario Kart, but Mario Kart Tour has utterly ruined me so to the point where whenever you you all send me an invitation to play Mario Kart with you, I want to, but then I'm like, well, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose because Mario Kart Tour has coddled me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just don't have the survival skills anymore. And it's 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 especially like mentally confusing on these these newer tracks because they they still look like they do in tour. Yeah, and yeah. I'll be confused thinking one way. I had this. I had even a very funny moment. Um, just going back to these like games with disparate content from each other, but also sharing it where. You know, I'm racing on a track in Mario Kart 8, and all of a sudden, I just have, like, a minor freakout, and I think to myself, what the fuck was that, Link? <laughs> 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 Completely forgetting that Link is in Mario Kart 8, mm -hmm. because I'm still in Mario Kart Tour land where they wouldn't put Link in the game. Yeah, and and it's it's frustrating <laughs> for me, because... Like, my go-to racer in Mario Kart Tour, you know, if I don't have any better options as far as, like, what the favorite character is, I usually go with Dixie Kong in the Banana Master Kart. And and so it's it's so weird not to be able to just fall back on Dixie Kong and the Banana Master Kart, and now I have, I'm have i driving Donkey Kong in a fucking Mercedes. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it's bizarre to me because I I'm so used now to having all all of this content in Mario Kart and and uh, yeah it's just like oh I just I guess I have to use Donkey Kong and a Mercedes that's the most DKU thing I can draw upon here um, but let's, let's <laughs> I I don't want to just go into every track well like yes, yes Toad Circuit compared to the way it appeared in Mario Kart 7 is different in this way and that way and the other way. I, th that That's not interesting, pod. 
casting. I mean, so many of these are just like, yeah, it looks like the one in tour just has a bump map on stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to just call uh, out every track that's in the game thus far. And we can talk about, I think the most interesting to, thing to discuss are the tour originals that have wound up. Oh, absolutely. Wound up in. Uh, there are. A, if we just we can just go by it one by one if we have anything interesting to say. But there are a few like original tracks where they like some um, by original. I mean. Uh, tracks from previous games that also appear or will appear in tour that they've done an interesting thing with specifically for Mario Kart 8, but we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. So can can I just point out, though, I, I guess before we get into them beat by beat, I do want to say that we, we need to discuss how they've done the Mario Kart Tour city tracks, because it is the weirdest thing that I didn't think about this until I started playing them. So... The way Mario Kart Tour works with a lot of its original city-based tracks, which are tracks based on real-world cities. So it's basically, here's Mario and Donkey Kong characters racing in the streets of New York or Singapore or... Amsterdam. It, yeah, yeah, it's not like a, it's not like this isn't a cutesy like fantasy equivalent. It's not New Donk City. It is... This is New York. This is Broadway. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got this is Times Square. You've got Mario centric accoutrements uh, in in a city. It's basically it, it. It feels like whenever there's a big sporting event coming into a city, then the city kind of adopts a lot of like the imagery of the event. Like when the Olympics come in, you know, then the city just becomes all about the Olympics. So it feels like, oh, Mario Kart's here. Let's let's you know put up all the signage for Mario Kart. And we've got Toads and Yoshis hanging around. But uh, other other than that, it is basically a recreation of the real place. And you've got yeah, look, landmarks. Look, Donkey Kong, we wrote a musical about you, and it's the best musical. <laughs> the best musical ever, ever, ever on any Broadway stage. I think that... Uh, like, obviously, I haven't been to many of these cities in my life, but what it really, like, sunk in when I played Los Angeles Laps in Mario Kart Tour, because I was like, because I know LA, I've lived in LA, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, and, and Cameron, you're like, you've been to LA a few times for E3, and so getting to drive as a Donkey Kong character past the LA Convention Center past the sidewalk we've all walked on is the most surreal thing for me. <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it's just like you, you have these layers in my brain of reality and the Donkey Kong universe. And then that thin membrane of membrane of intersection where it's like my me or Xbox avatar is a character within a Donkey Kong universe. And now I have Donkey Kong characters interacting with locations I've been to and, and it it makes the whole of existence very confusing for me because I start to forget where real life um ends and the Donkey Kong universe begins. I I I think I think this was foreshadowed by us seeing the Skullduggers drive away in their car <laughs> at E3. <laughs> so anyway, the the way the the city tracks work is uh they were designed for multiple configurations. Uh Mario Kart Tour city tracks are broken up into numbered variants. 
So you've got like uh, Los Angeles laps one, two, and three. This allows them to um, incorporate more of the city and its surrounding landmarks than they would be naturally able to convey in a single race. It's also a an, a conceit that allows tours like system of rotate rotating a handful of tracks per week to um actually work to its advantage um they like they have to adapt older tracks to work this way which is they'll have you know you you'll get a track and you'll see it pop up several times each tour Mm -hmm. but it'll have variations like this is the same track but it's in reverse this is the same track but we added a bunch of ramps yeah um, and the tour original courses are able because they're built from the ground up for this game to just say, you know, this is the New York track, but you're going down a completely different route. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the way Los Angeles works in Mario Kart tour is that they, they've separated it into like three different tracks. One that takes you down through uh, downtown Los Angeles, like over Dodger stadium, past the LA convention center, uh, one that takes you across Santa Monica and Santa Monica Pier and the beach, and then one that takes you through the oil fields <laughs> of LA. And um, so, so yeah, it, it, it basically makes like each track this massive thing that that is is just doled out in chunks and content. And some tours you don't even see every iteration of that track. So, and sometimes they'll debut like number three before number two. And it gets really confusing to keep up with everything. It's it's unlike any other Mario Kart track before. But when you put that into a traditional Mario Kart game, you've got to figure out a way to make that work. Do you have, like, just, did you just break it up into one, two, three, or you do something different? Well, what they've decided to do in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is to put the whole thing in there, but each lap will require you to go down a different route. And they use these directional arrows to show you where to go. You can drive in the other direction, but then Lakitu will be like, no, 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 wrong way. If Lakitu was cool, that is. Yeah, it it's an interesting like way of retrofitting these courses into Mario Kart 8. But by the same token, it's like now something that like has become this happy accident for me where I think... That's a really cool idea. I want to see tracks built from the ground up with this conceit. Yeah. Well, it's a cool idea, Uh but also it can get confusing. (laughs) Because... It certainly can, especially on a first playthrough when you're used to how these work in tour. Right. And and I'm so conditioned to be like, all right, this is is the basis of track for, um, for, for this city. And then I just think I'm going to go in the same direction. Like I, I'm like, okay, that there's the shortcuts to take. This is what I'm doing. Got it. And then you go back around in the second pass, and the game's like, no, go this way now. I'm like, what? No, no, I I wasn't ready for a completely different um route. And and I mean, it, it's it's kind of like how in the longer tracks in later Mario Kart games, you just, like, they break them up into different laps, um, like, different segments of the track. It's not a circuit so much. And Right, like um, Mount Wario or um, 
to my chagrin, Mario Kart 8's version of Rainbow Road from Mario Kart 64. Yes, to, to everyone's chagrin. Everyone with taste chagrin. Uh, but it, it's similar to that, except the track is built as a circuit. So you're, you're just kind of weaving in and out down different roads. I guess it's more authentic to city racing, like, like drag racing, but, um, it's weird for Mario Kart and it's, it's there's a heavy learning curve, especially if you're familiar with Mario Kart Tour and how these tracks traditionally work. And I guess, uh, I guess to get into it, since that's relevant, um, the very first course in the, the Golden Dash Cup, mm-hmm. uh, Paris Promenade, yeah. um, dumps you straight in the deep end with this concept. And I think it, as a result, is maybe my favorite implementation of this compromise because of the way it sucker punches you and kind of creates this unique scenario. Yeah. Um, so in, in Paris Promenade, it, it does, as we've said, like the route will change based on what lap you're on. But for the final lap, what it will do is it redirects your pathway such that you are going in reverse down the track you just went through. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you will be in oncoming traffic with all of the racers that were far enough behind you. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's, I really, really like that moment um, in this. I realize like the nature of why it's like that, but, I want to see like a new track, like purpose built with that in mind, because it's such a, a neat idea. Well, and it, it's it's weird. It was weird to me too, because this is the first one I played, of course, when they, when they added the uh, the DLC and like the like driving around the roundabouts. Um, because in uh, in Mario Kart Tour, you're you're kind of just constantly moving forward. And so the game's kind of got you on this, on this like forward momentum. You, you don't go in reverse in Mario Kart Tour. You can't like, oh, I want to check out what's over there. You can't just like derail the race to uh, sightsee so much. Uh, but here you could just keep driving around the roundabout forever. Like if, if you want it, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's weird. It, it, it's, it was, it was weird to me to, suddenly have a greater degree of control on a track I'm quite familiar with from a game that gives you no control. It was almost too much freedom is what I'm saying. Um, and I, it, it, yeah. And I, I think that's part of why people locked on to like the visual fidelity complaints that they did, because these are, these are things you cannot stop and look at in Mario Kart tour. Yeah. Like it, Whenever I want to like highlight a specific thing in Mario Kart Tour, if I if I miss my opportunity on a lap and the second go around, I have to just replay the the race. I mean, they're short, so it's, it's a minor complaint. But you know, if you want to get a good screenshot, you know, you you don't you basically have to just be in the right place at the right time in Tour. Here, you know, I can just be like, whatever, I'm just going to drive over here now, get into position, got it. Um... But yeah, and yeah, I, I I think Paris Promenade was was just a, a bold way to start this DLC because it basically just yeah shows you like how this is going to work. Uh, all of these yeah, tour it's, tracks, it's kind of like a 
yeah, it hits everything that you're going to have to get used to with with this DLC set all at once, um, including something I have seen commented upon quite a lot, which is um, the weird sense of scale in this game. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you're 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 kind of banjo tooie sized in in these tracks in Mario Kart Eight, which um, I think was o- I, it was always true in Mario Kart 8 to an extent. Um, I've seen people compl- like point out that like all of the the Yoshi's and Toads and Koopas that like stand on the roadside waving at you, spectating that um you can drive up right next to them and they are gigantic, right? <laughs> um, which is which was always true in Mario Kart 8. It always had that heightened scale, but it's just more apparent because um these tour tracks are more sparsely decorated and the spectators tend to sit a lot closer to the action. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, this never bothers me probably because I was weaned on rare and, and banjo games and right. And of course, like things like, you know, city buildings with like, Oh, that door is four times taller than my person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly fine saying the Yoshi and Toes are just standing up really straight. I am so... I, I feel like I'm so used to this in any game. Like, I'm used to it in Banjo-Tooie. I'm used to it in Smash Brothers coming at it from the opposite direction where, like... Well, well yeah, um, yeah, Diddy Kong is, the, is, like, the size of a skyscraper tower for this four-side stage. That That's whatever. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It, it's... <laughs> It's fine. Like, K. Rule's been the same size as Diddy, and then he's been a giant later on. You know, you, you just squint, and it, it's fine. Um, but, um... I don't know. Like, uh... I, I don't really have much to say about Toad Circuit or Chaco Mountain, um, also from the Golden Dash Cup. Yeah, these are... I feel like these are so faithful to the originals, even accounting for um, being rendered in Tours art style that, like, there's just not a lot to say about them. They, like, I I race on Toad Circuit. I just think, yeah, that's Toad Circuit, all right. I race on Chaco Mountain. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that that's Chaco Mountain. Um, I guess I will um, point out and just... Um, because I, I feel like the of all the visual complaints I saw on, on social media about these courses, um, there was one thing that did bother me that I didn't see a lot of people bring up. And I only bring it up now in service of ultimately complimenting what they did with this DLC. Um, which is so in the in the base game. They have a neat little visual flourish where um, if you drive on a track with a either a dirt road or a snow road or some some sort of surface other than asphalt or stone, your tires will slowly accumulate like dirt and particles on them. And if the cart drives over a puddle or submerges in water. Um, they will wash right off and you'll have to accumulate it all over again. And that was like one of those visual flourishes. I'm thinking like, absolutely nobody will care about this except me, but I love it. Right. Um, 
and in the initial release of these tour tracks, um, they didn't carry that function over. And like, I guarantee you, like nobody thinks about that in tour. I, w- I didn't think about it in tour. No, tour, tour is a uh, scaled down experience where you're not looking for small little details so much as just kind of the blunt force aspect of everything. Like, right. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have expected that in super Mario Kart. I'm not going to look for it in tour for similar reasons. Right. Um, but like I, at the time I thought like, well, that's, that's kind of a letdown, but um, with this recent DLC pack, um, they have completely addressed my issue with it. Those tracks now do, um, have the dirt particle effects and they will like disappear if you drive over water or do something else. And I really appreciate that. That was a nice, um, little, little thing to show that they are conscious and making adjustments of that sort of thing and yeah. i really appreciated it It makes you wonder if it was just a simple oversight the first time around or if they just buckled to the criticism i don't um oh, that's a thing i didn't really see any criticism of this um the next track i that on our list i definitely did see criticism of something they fixed yeah the coconut mall i i was surprised that the f- fury around coconut mall because i never really thought much about coconut mall from off of mario kart wii like yeah it, it, it it's a cool little track i like the concept and execution of it but i i, I don't know i didn't realize that there was this uh cult around coconut mall uh, i i kind of had the same reaction like i really really like coconut mall um i i I've I've said this before, I like any time you introduce a very mundane thing into a fanciful setting. Oh, yeah. And a mall is one of those. Like, oh, this is just where, like, a, a like, Goomba goes clothes shopping. Then that's, that's great. It's, it's something I really like about Rare and Platonic games, where they will often take the mundane just aspects of our existence of our reality and make them slightly fanciful like you know uh, a boss in ukulele thinking that they're door-to-door salespeople, you know and 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 just or like uh, a boss just wanting to watch his uh, afternoon soaps and then getting mad that you know ukulele are there um but like all that said like i appreciate it for those reasons but i didn't like like i i don't i don't feel like i put coconut mall on on this pedestal because of it and i was surprised to find like oh no there are coconut mall purists (laughs) (laughs) Um, right yeah um i i will say like i i like this is probably beside the point but i do really like coconut mall in mario kart tour it's become one of my favorite tracks to play in mario kart tour uh because even on the variants that aren't trick based i can still like pull off a non-stop combo in coconut mall yeah there are so many angled surfaces in coconut mall yeah. which is tours bread and butter for you to get trick combos yep and um and this is a, like a positive way i think tour has like ruined the way i play any other mario kart which is i'm constantly thinking of the rhythm of Every two seconds, I have to be either doing a trick or into a skid or yeah. 
firing an item. Yeah, it's it's all about getting your point. Trying to feed a combo meter that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always thinking in terms of points now when I play Mario Kart and not actually winning a race. Um, except if winning the race would help my points. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we we've been talking about it. But a big point of contention when um Coconut Mall first came into this DLC um pass was. Um, so at the end of Coconut Mall in the original Wii release are um, a series of cars driven by Miis mm-hmm. that like slowly back in and out of parking spaces to block the path of your drivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember this being something I honestly did not like in the in the Wii version because I just get upset that like my own me is <laughs> fucking up my run. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and, uh, they changed it to Shy Guys in, I, in, I think, uh, Mario Kart 7, and, uh, they're back here as well, but the, the interesting thing when this, uh, DLC launched was that the cars were physically present, but they did not move at all, and it only got weirder when, a few weeks later, this course came to Mario Kart Tour, and the cars in that iteration did move. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became the came this like what gives um what that's weird why is it like this um lot lot of accusations of like laziness or things online which I like I I don't like to throw those words around for game development right but um to my great amusement like I I think I laughed when I saw what they did with this. It almost seems like an um, overcorrection, an overreaction. It, it, like a like a passive aggressive <laughs> overreaction yes. is what it reads as. Which which again, unlike anything we've seen from Nintendo <laughs> really in the past, where the, this this is this is almost cheeky in nature. Like, oh oh, you want them to move? Okay. Yeah, so um now the cars in Coconut Mall don't just move. The shy guys are doing donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, it's like, where's mall security? <laughs> where's the- uh, I, I love this. It's so obnoxiously over the top and silly. And I like it way better than them backing in and out in place. It's a lot more characterful. It is. It is. Although I, I do wish, like, this would have been a good opportunity to bring back the Kremlin security guards from Donkey Kong 64 uh, to, to work as mall cops. You know, give them little segues to chase the shy guys. I don't know. That's probably too much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Coconut Mall. I, I have to just say, it's hard for me to play Coconut Mall outside of Tor now, though, because Tor has... It is such the the quintessential perfect track in Mario Kart Tour for the way you're supposed to play Mario Kart Tour that I can't actually go back and just play it in a regular normie Mario Kart game. But yeah, they 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 actually listened to the criticism there and they they addressed it even in a passive aggressive way. Um, the Lucky Cat Cup intru- uh, brought Tokyo Blur from Mario Kart Tour into mario kart 8 deluxe and uh yeah i this was one of the first city tracks i i i I mean this was before i was even playing mario kart tour so i can't tell you the order in which they appeared but um this was definitely one of the earlier ones and i think it's 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 a fine track it's you know 
I've never been to Tokyo, so I, you know, just like I've never been to Paris, so I can't say um, from any personal experience like how faithful it is, but you can definitely recognize landmarks uh, if you're at all familiar, you know, with the city. And yeah, there, there's a very like Epcot style presentation to any of these city courses in Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, but it, it's a step up from Las Vegas Casino. Like, like it, it's. I, I think things are laid out more or less accurately. It's just kind of condensed, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad Tokyo Blur's there. Shroom Ridge, I have to say, I hmm. it's 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 I, I've never liked Shroom Ridge. Uh, Shroom Ridge is just it's a course that's just kind of there for me. Yeah. I feel like this doesn't cement itself in my memory all that much and i guess it, it being a course from the ds game there's only so much ambition it could have originally had but yeah. I, I just think of this as like oh uh, well this is like toad's turnpike but during the day and with more turns so i don't like it as much yeah i just remember getting blue shelled so many times on shroom ridge more than any other track playing mario kart ds i would get blue shelled um and i would just curse and and just be like what have they done to mario kart this is just annoying obnoxious it's it's for all the issues that i have with with mario kart 8 even as much as i think it's the best mario kart game it's the best mario kart game because the thing i complain about is the characters and not the um i generally associate a lot of Mario Kart games I associate with some kind of balance or game mechanic flaw. Yeah. And DS is definitely one of them. Yeah. With just the omnipresence of that spiny shell. Yeah. I, I, seven is when they start to really uh, improve the balance. And eight is when they, I think they got it just about right. And even in Mario Kart Tour, it feels just about right. Like, you will get blue shelled in Mario Kart Tour, but it's 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 not you will but also coming in first isn't as big a deal right. in mario kart tour i feel and even if you get blue shelled in mario kart tour it's not always a death sentence and there's you know and and it's uh it's liberal enough with the ways to avoid the blue shell either the super horn or through a frenzy or or whatever um or or it won't do you any harm if you've just been struck by lightning like there is this uh this level of forgiveness in Mario Kart Tour that, that keeps the items from being overtly obnoxious and overwhelming that definitely wasn't there in Double Dash, DS, and Wii. But, uh, yeah, anyway, Shroom Ridge. Eh. Sky Garden, uh, we, we've already talked about. I don't have any issues with the way it is in, in this game, but... Yeah, if if I had more affinity for Sky Garden in particular, I might mind the layout change a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, th I think the biggest thing is, oh, the Luigi blimp is no longer there. Because uh, the Luigi blimp yeah, that would take I, off from the airport and the proceeding track. Yeah, I, I do miss that. And I think my, a big my big observation whenever I drive on this track in Mario Kart 8 is, wow, there are sure a lot of paratroopers everywhere. Yeah. In in this track, <laughs> I do like that the airship uh, is. Uh, it, they they added the airship to the. Uh, the 8 Deluxe version of it. I don't think it's there in the Mario Kart Tour version. You can see the airship in the, in the yeah, background. Yeah, there's... 
if you want to make like unflattering visual comparisons, this is an easy one for people to latch onto just because Cloud Top Cruise is in the primary game and is a lot more of an ambitious version of this same concept. Right. It's almost like, why did they bother with this track when you've got a superior concept uh, to taking the general idea of this track, but making it so much more fleshed out um, in in the base game? It does ultimate. It does ultimately raise the question: like when this DLC pack is said and done, what tracks from Mario Kart Tour are going to be left on the table? Yeah, because other than ones that are redundant with Mario Kart Eight. Right. Or or that come after the DLC is done. Because they're not going to stop development for Mario Kart Tour. Um, we're still going to get like new cities. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, pour, pour one out for all the Dr. Mario World fans out there. But <laughs> Who you can still race as in Mario Kart Tour. Right. Dr. Bowser's in the game, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, I... And he... I. I loved that the the update for tour that introduced the doctors was also the update that introduced Coconut Mall. So it was like this, oh, these are two things that are dying. <laughs> <laughs> Malls and Mar and Dr. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who do you call when the doctor's dying? I I don't know. Uh so then we've got Ninja Hideaway. And this is where it gets interesting because Ninja Hideaway is a Mario Kart Tour original track that's not based on a city, a real world city. And because of that, they don't classify this as a Mario Kart Tour original in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They, they don't brand it as a tour original. So if you didn't know, if you didn't know anything about Mario Kart Tour, you would think this was developed for the Booster Course Pass. Uh, you would think yeah, this would be a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe it, original. It's an example of something that became increasingly common with Tour as it went on, which is it's a new course for Tour that it, it does not is not based on a on a real world city. I mean, it has like architectural inspirations, but it's not, it's a much more general sense. Like this is, it's a, it's a Wario themed like series of temples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I, I, this isn't my favorite in Mario Kart tour. Whenever it, it's time for Ninja hideaway, I'm like, oh, but that's also probably because Kongs are generally not favored in Ninja hideaway. So it's a harder track for me to, uh, excel in because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pick any character that's not a, a kong or uh yeah at, at at worst i will pick pauline or or maybe you know my me the character you i.e me but i'm not gonna pick a I, mario character i like a ninja hideaway in the sense that i like it's it's presentation a lot. I think the the like uh the temples with light Wario themed uh like trappings and the cherry blossom trees and like all of that is really like fun. Yeah, for sure. I think that the course works better in tour than it does in eight, um specifically because of one part and um I I, I feel like I've 
seen some theorizing with this like recent update with um sky high sunday that we'll talk about of like were these tracks originally made for tour were they like on the back burner for eight i do not think they were because in addition to just look at them um that final turn in ninja hideaway i feel like was made specifically in mind with the idea of tours like very generous auto steering yes because it is so cumbersome in Mario Kart 8. I think cumbersome is just the best way to describe Ninja Hideaway in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Total. Like, yeah, without the auto steering, without the, the game holding your hand as you go, uh, it, it can be rough at times. Um, and I mean, I, I really like the concept behind the track. It's a very, like you said, fun idea. And uh, it, it just has all, like, the visual trappings that I really go for. You know, me being uh, a, a child of the early 90s, um, this, this, this was, like, this was my shit, Ninja Hideaway, come on. But, you know, it's, I, it, it's not, not, not a very fun track to, to play on in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, in my opinion. But um, it, was, it was amusing to me. When when this uh, first wave dropped, and to see the reaction on social media to Ninja Hideaway, Ninja Hideaway was trending because people were just discovering it. People who haven't played Tor thought this was a whole new thing, whole new track, and so just amusing to me. Like, yeah, I know Ninja Hideaway. It's been a thing for like a year now. What? It, why, why is everybody going? On? <laughs> oh, okay. Just the the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe content just dropped. Okay. So it, it's unusual for me to be um, better informed about something in a Mario game than the masses. <laughs> so I felt I felt odd at that point. I was like, all right, I'm just I'm just not going to say anything. Um, the Turnip Cup launched the most recent wave of DLC, Wave 2, and this brought New York Minute into into the game the mario kart tour new york city track and uh th this is this was always weird to me because it felt like a compromise between having a big ape city track and just doing new york city for realsies because because you have all of the donkey kong stuff um it is so weird that new york has been in mario kart twice before new donk was in it once yeah yeah, because um, you got the Donkey Kong musical, like you, you've you've got like this whole like thing where whenever there's a new hot Broadway musical in New York City, like so much of the personality of the city adopts that branding, and it, so Donkey Kong is just the toast of the town <laughs> at this moment, and uh, yeah. it's amusing to me. But yeah, you, you can drive through Central Park. Tavern on the Green, the famous restaurant that Louis Tully tried to get into in Ghostbusters. So that's fun. <laughs> that's, that's fun as, as a Ghostbusters fan to have Donkey Kong drive by that. Yeah, it's it's a track I was really looking forward to seeing in 8 because I think it is one of the standouts of Tour, even if if not in layout, just like, oh, this is what Tour is going to be all about. I think it was the first track the game launched with. I, I do want to know about that Donkey Kong musical, though. Who spearheaded that? Yeah, and 
the tagline is the best musical. The best. The best musical. Like, get wrecked, it's, cats. Yeah, fuck off the Lion King, <laughs> Hamilton, and <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, in-universe, who is responsible for this? Where did it originate? It seems to be based on cranky and you know cranky facing off against mario back in the day but it might it might like catch up to modern day with the modern donkey kong based on the branding so i don't know like uh who who is the um do you do you think they got the guy from the donkey kong country cartoon to sing in it <laughs> I, I will never have any in-universe context for this, but it, it definitely makes me wish we could, because there's a story to be told here on how a Donkey Kong musical originated and how it made it to Broadway. And, and that, that also questions the in-universe level of Donkey Kong's fame and notoriety at this point beyond just the rare archipelago like like if, if they know about him in manhattan then uh that then how big like how big is oh yeah there's that talking gorilla with the tie that fights the crocodile people are, are, are dk and cranky getting residuals for this i'm sure they're <laughs> not like i'm, I'm probably sure it, it's something like well they're just apes so we can just rip them off and uh they're they're not gonna like sue a like a gorilla can't sue you in court. There's there's nothing there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution to say that you can't uh, infringe upon the intellectual rights of a gorilla. Anyway, so yeah, New York Minute's cool, I guess. It's just weird that they. I feel like they wanted to do New Donk City more than anything. And and so they just married the concept. Maybe they had a concept for a New Donk City course, and they just used it for New York Minute instead. When the the idea it's... when the idea to have like real world tracks in Mario Kart Tour kind of cemented itself. Yeah, it's it's a bit like um like like Disney owning Pirates of the Caribbean and Monkey Island. Yeah. Like you own the parody and the real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, so it's and now Nintendo owns New York City. Wow. Wait, Mario Kart Circuit Three. I don't have anything to say about this one. This this, this is a, this is a standard one. This is from Super Mario Kart, the original. This is a a standard one in Mario Kart Tour. Means means very little in eight deluxe, in my opinion. It's just just one of those, yeah, very old Mario Kart there, tracks. Be because um, tour doesn't like it. It will reinvent tracks like significantly, but I feel like there's only so much you can do on a phone to adapt a Super Nintendo track. Yeah, so you don't really get like these sometimes wild interpretations um that mario kart 8 like base could do with adding like a bunch of variable depth um and like underwater and anti-gravity um so like a lot of the a lot of the super nintendo courses in tour you just immediately look at them and think yeah that's a super nintendo course mm -hmm. and this is one of those um i i do know the only reason um this stands out in my memory at all is because our 
mutual friend Chris Alcock um, pointed out um, the incongruity that this is a Super Nintendo course that has um, like like from the era of Super Mario World that has um, uh, not Super Mario World blocks in it. What, like the blocks from the original Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, like the the blocks from the original Super Mario Brothers or the like new Super Mario Brothers like mm. retcon of what those look like. Okay, which I is not even really on my radar. I I've just kind of come to accept like Mario, like yeah, this is a brand standard thing now. This is just what it is. Yeah, I I don't think that's something I would have picked up on either. I think that I I, I can understand the frustration, especially. One of the one of the things one of the charms of the original Super Mario Kart was it was of the same era of Super Mario World, so you had a lot of visual uh, similarities there. It it, it felt like it was uh, a, a part of that time, and uh, when when you resurrect something in the modern day, it's it's not going to have that same it's, visual unity. Yeah, I guess it's like maybe like betraying my priorities a little bit where like I am such a stickler for consistency when it comes to like Donkey Kong and Banjo. Mm-hmm. But this just doesn't fly on my radar. Same. I yeah. just accept it. <laughs> and I really like I really like the visual look of Super Mario World. Um right up there with Super Mario Brothers 2 for me as my favorite like take on Mario, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it um Calamari Desert. Um, this is one of the. This is what I was alluding to earlier when I said that it wasn't just the the tour tracks that had some like uh, strange route modification in them. And uh, uh, I'll be honest, I really don't don't care for what they did here. Um, do Do you know what I'm talking about, Hal? I think I do, but. At risk for sounding like the fool, I'm going to let you explain it. So, uh, Calamari Desert, um, the N64 course, um, it's a desert track, and the conceit of it in the original game was that it has a train track kind of running in a circle through the course. Yes. And you will have crossings where you will need to either outpace or stop for the train to not collide with it and crash horribly um and in tour um some of the alternate routes that they or well i guess to to point this out in 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 64 because as we mentioned 64 was very liberal in where it would let you go off course yes. with your cart um you could decide you know what i'm just going to forgo the track and drive directly on the train track in, through the dangerous dark tunnel that this train is also present in. And yeah, the game would just let you. Yeah. What? It wouldn't like pull you back. L- Lakitu would never like come come to your aid and say, no, 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 don't get out. You're not supposed to do this. So what, one, of, one of the areas where Mario Kart 64, I think, is still superior to any Mario Kart game that came after it, just in that. I don't know, um, very generous allowance of chicanery. 
Yeah, and uh, Tor leaned into this a little bit, I think. I think some of its alternate routes take you on these train tracks. Um, they also did a very strange thing in Tor, like a very counterintuitive to anybody who's played this course before, but hilarious to me, mm -hmm. um, change. Yep. Which is, as we've established, Tor has a lot of focus on chaining combos and tricks together. And to that end, in all of its iterations of Kalimari de Desert, in places normally where you would have to stop for the train because you might collide with it and stop dead in a horrible crash, um, the train is now sort of a moving bouncy castle <laughs> yes. that, you, that you can just do endless tricks off of to the point that, like, no, it's a viable strategy in Tor to deliberately hit the train over and over and over again. Absolutely. Um, Which I wonder what it'll do when the the generation of kids who came of age playing Mario Kart Tour get their driver's license. How many collisions with trains will there be? Because they think there's no harm to be had whatsoever. It's just good fun to drive right into the train. I I, I don't know. Collapsing infrastructure. I'm not sure trains will even be around. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably it'll be a problem where they actually have efficient bullet trains. You know public transit in other countries here in the u.s yeah never be a problem because the trains have already derailed um but uh to, to get into what what they're doing in mario kart 8 deluxe with this course um so one would think because this was an was originally a mario kart 64 track that the layout would just and natural course of the race would just be what it is in Mario Kart 64, where, you know, you do have to avoid the train and you just kind of go in a circle. Um, for this, they did the variable track layout thing that, um, like, Tokyo Blur, New York Minute, and Paris Promenade do. Mm. Where from lap two onward, arrows appear and direct you to drive directly on the train tracks. Right. Um... And I like this idea a lot in theory. Um, I have problems with it in execution. Which is, for for as large as they've made the tour tracks in Mario Kart 8, I don't feel like there's enough drivable real estate on the portion of the track with the train track where it's not extremely precarious whenever the train rolls around. Yeah. With, um, with, with, because yeah, when you un with, unlike in tour, this is an actual hazard again. Yes, yeah. It, again, driving into the train in tour is a good thing. Uh, in Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, just like in any other Mario Kart game, with a train barreling right at you, it's a bad thing. It it make it makes you wish that yeah. they would have just, I don't know, take it taken the. Uh, the development for Mario Kart Tour, but just made the infrastructure the same as Mario Kart 64. Like, just just keep you on the track. Um, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It seems it, like it, they overthought it to death. Yeah, it, it's an either-or proposition to me where I would have either left the course exactly the same or I would have done this, like, neat route change, but either extended the track on the left and right so that it's not as... A precarious a squeeze with the train or 
um, you know, made the train out of Bouncy Castle rubber like it is in Tor. Yeah, but then people, I'm sure purists would have complained about that. Like, why why is the train all of a sudden this this non-lethal hazard? Um, why, why is it fun now? Like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we need to be able to recreate the trolley problem in Mario Kart 8, <laughs> or it's not a true iteration of Calamari Desert. Yeah, so if you have a, a, a baby Mario over here... And you have uh, Mario and... Um, you have all seven Koopalings on the other track. Do you pull the lever? Yeah. Well, on the uh, plus side, I don't, I don't really see any faults with the Waluigi Pinball, which, uh, of course, originally appeared in Mario Kart DS, and I think it's safe to say is the absolute highlight of Mario Kart DS. To, to the point where it's a better Rainbow Road than that game's Rainbow Road. It 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 for sure is the standout track of Mario Kart DS, and I I've been thinking about this recently when we were playing this course. Um, I like Waluigi Pinball. I think it's a cool looking course. I think it has fun music, like. The presentation, like a lot of courses don't really look like this or like have the thought put into the, put into like have the thematic trappings of like getting launched through um, like a, a ball launcher, which um, our friend Mitchell Wolf called. And now I will never not think of it as this uh, the Willy Wonka hell tunnel <laughs> um, at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but um, I like Waluigi Pinball. I'll, people online love Waluigi Pinball. Like there, I've seen more fervor for this specific course than probably any Mario Kart track ever. And I have to think in my mind: is it is it just the aesthetic trappings of it that people like? Do are people excited about a because I don't think people are excited about a downhill course with a bunch of turns and uh, a last run where you have to avoid, like, steel balls. I think... Which is, like, it's a perfectly valid reason to like a course, but I'm just wondering, like, is that it? As, like, I have courses I like specifically because of how they look. As, some, as someone who also really likes Waluigi Pinball, I think I can speak for myself, but this is probably mostly universal... I think it is just the aesthetic trappings. I think it's just such a cool-looking track. I Because I, I'm somebody who likes, like, neon and, and spacey shit and uh, just that general vibe of a classic video game arcade. And I love pinball. Mr. Galactic Pinball. I, yeah, I, I love pinball. Um, Like, I, I, I just really, like, there's something about pinball that's very kinetic and crunchy to me. Probably why I've really grown to, like, Mario Kart Tour as well. Uh, now, I, I, I'm not, like, uh, a pinball wizard like Conversation Listener Rayday Pinball, who I believe is nationally ranked, just won a major award uh, in pinball. Um, so I, I, I'm not like somebody who's all about pinball, but I really like pinball. I really like that feel of just, yeah, like just a, a classic spacey video arcade laser tag kind of, 
uh, setting. Um, just just something like Ninja Hideaway speaks so much to my youth on Saturday mornings. Waluigi Pinball is my youth on Saturday nights. So, I and but yeah, it, it's not a like super fun track. Like if if you stripped it of its set like setting, if okay, for example, like just imagine Waluigi Pinball is a Donkey Kong snow track because it basically is. You you shoot up and then you go downhill and you avoid rolling ball things. It it's it's one of the DK passes, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um and uh I, I do like as part of these these aesthetic trappings, and this is something that even carried over into every time it's appeared somewhere else, is they modify the sound effects. Yeah. Um for the for the item roulette to sound more like a like crunchy pinball like is sound effect yeah it's it's fun it, the execution is above and beyond which is rare for mario kart sometimes and i i like that nothing was lost in taking it into mario kart tour and then bringing it back upscaling it into yeah. mario kart 8 deluxe i i feel like it's still authentically true of what it was in mario kart ds which calamari desert isn't yeah and i i think a lot of it's a good point a lot of the tour tracks like do have especially any of the city tracks have these obvious seams where like you can tell this was made for a mobile game Mm -hmm. um because of the way waluigi pinball was designed with this like very unnatural everything is bright and poppy and neon like no, this is just this feels like the way Waluigi Pinball was supposed to look. Yeah. This doesn't feel off in any way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just a, a rare like perfect transition, despite the convoluted origins of how it got here to begin with. So yeah, good. I'm glad Waluigi Pinball's there. Finally, for now, we have the Propeller Cup, which, can I just say, all these cups are nonsense at this point. Like, I I, I, can't, re- I, I can't remember any of these names. I kind of love that they had to get into the weeds with Mario power-ups <laughs> and items just to cover, like, well, we gotta come up with 16 more of these damn things. Yeah, I, I like the way Mario Kart Tour gets around it because they just named the cups after the characters. After, after like, the, the base characters in the game and, like, baby variants of them, you know, like, but, you, so, so you have the Donkey Kong Cup, you have the Dixie Kong Cup, you have the baby Rosalina Cup. Which, which does mean you double up on them a lot and there's, like, no real rhyme or reason as to why they are those characters. Well, let's be honest, there's no real rhyme or reason for why these, <laughs> this is the Propeller Cup. No, either. like, this is a turn-up cup. It's not like, well, is this all Mario 2 tracks? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> which, yeah, I was surprised to see the turn-up cup, by the way, because it is, uh, it's just, it, like, yeah, they, they've referenced Mar- Super Mario Brothers 2 from time to time, but it's not a go-to reference. You can tell they are in the weeds at this point when they have to pull out. <laughs> when they have to pull out the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. That's, that's your, uh, your killer Cameron zinger for the, the episode. Uh, the Propeller Cup, though, has the Sydney Sprint, our trip down under for Mario Kart Tour. I, uh, you know, the City Sprint isn't my favorite of the city tracks in Mario Kart Tour, 
But I do like the audacious nature of it that you just drive through the Sydney Opera House, like straight up, like, all right, we're just going to trespass straight through this uh, this classic setting. Although there is some uh, complaints online about how it's depicted with the, the audience, which we'll get into uh, in, in just a few moments here. But um, yeah, Sydney Sprint, you, you go through the, the harbor and, you know, it's Sydney. It's neat to see the Opera House in a Mario game. Yeah, it's like any of any of these settings. There's it, it any of these real world settings. It feels like I'm like taken back to like when Mario's brand was more of a Wild West in like the age of Mario is missing and the Super Show. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and and the whole like evolution of those cartoons up through super mario world where it's just like oh yeah peach wants to go to a milli vanilli concert in the real world or or in the uh on the earth dimension so they're gonna go they're gonna go through the warp pipe to go to see milli vanilli oh bowser is kidnapped um barbara bush and (laughs) george bush (laughs) and is about to drown them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, that it, it, that that kind of stuff, and yeah, Mario Mario is missing, which uh, had uh, Luigi going through you know real Earth locales. It, it does seem like a loosening of the very tight restrictions that Mario suddenly found himself under around the time of the N sixty four, where it's like, yeah, we can have a little bit more fun with this and acknowledge uh, real world settings a bit, and it it, it makes. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know if it makes Mario more relatable to me, but it just, it just gives it that sense of, um, sort of like, oh my god, I can't believe these characters are in this very familiar setting. And that must be a real trip for those who live in those cities. Like, I mentioned how surreal it was for me being, you know, being as familiar as I am with Los Angeles, which I don't consider myself an LA native or, anybody who's really qualified to speak on it, but I know LA enough where it was a thrill for me. So if I was um, born and bred in Los Angeles, then I imagined it would just be, I would be over the moon for it. Like when they eventually add Washington DC, if they ever add Washington DC to these, uh, to this lineup in Mario Kart tour, then I, then I think that's what will really like put me over the moon. Yeah. Um, it's not in this DLC pass, so fortunately we don't have to have a discussion about the kind of fraught choice to have the Berlin Wall intact in Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> I made a joke about that when they added it to Mario Kart Tour. Because I think Berlin had been in there, but it was like one of the variants, um, one of like the numbered uh, iterations of the Berlin track, uh just recently appeared for the first time and we could actually drive by the Berlin wall, which had, uh, womps, uh, like hiding in the Berlin wall, trying to flatten you. And you had like uh, graffiti on the wall that was like for burning DK. <laughs> and I'm like, this is surreal. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, like before I mostly associated, the fall of the Berlin Wall with David Hasselhoff singing on top of it, but now I uh, now I think of it in terms of what Mario Kart Tour did with it. So, 
Uh, anyway, you got Snowland from uh, Super Circuit, which I don't have any anything to really say about Snowland. This is one of those Mario Kart tour tracks that is is there, and I never think much of it because it's it's just another snow track. Um, I was curious: is this actually in Mario Kart Tour yet? Because I don't remember ever encountering it in Tour. But um, I, like because like, I know some of these, they're kind of like, like they they've appeared in Mario Kart Eight before they appear in Tour, but it's a foregone conclusion that they will be in Tour as so, a. Uh, you you're right. It hasn't not appeared in Mario Kart Tour yet, and here like there there are like so, so many snow tracks in Mario Kart Tour. Some of them, I think, from Super Mario Kart, the Super Nintendo version, that I honestly forgot that this wasn't in Mario Kart Tour. Because it, it, get, it gets yeah. cloudy, too, when they add the trick variants in Mario Kart Tour with all the ramps and like infrastructure that isn't there normally. So you kind of lose sight of what track you're actually on. But yeah, you're right. I'm sure this will be coming to Mario Kart Tour probably around the end of the year when it's winter in the northern hemisphere yeah. but um i i point that out because honestly um this weirdly was a standout for me yeah um of this of this package um i guess because a it's a it's a course i haven't seen in tour um b um because i haven't seen it in tour i'm appreciating like visual flourishes and stuff they've done mm mm-hmm. mhm um, because like this track in Super Circuit, like had the very distinctive like um crystal crystalline mountains in the background, yeah, which they've preserved here and done like kind of a rainbow thing. They've added a bunch of depth that obviously wasn't in the original because it was a Mode Seven course. Um, and just like I inexplicably. This makes me really happy. It's such a dumb thing, but I I love the penguins in this course. <laughs> uh huh. Um, the Super Mario sixty four penguins. Um, they're cute. They don't just uh, sit around to the side of the track doing like silly waves. They actually like march around and slide and like do the little cutesy penguin things. And it got me thinking. Most of the time, whenever I see a character in one of these tour tracks, it's just repurposed from something that was already in Mario Kart 8 somewhere else, and they just, like, plopped it in there. Yeah. I, I checked. Um, this is the first time these penguins have appeared in Mario Kart 8 in any form. Wow. I like they're, they're a brand new addition for this course. Because I know the penguins are in Mario Kart Tour quite a bit. There, there's even... They are, and they're in a different track. Yeah, than this. I think it's one of the the 3ds native tracks. Yeah, the Ro- Rosalina. Um... Yeah, I always forget the name of that because it, it's like it's like a DK. It's like the DK Pass effect. Like, what does this natively have to do with Rosalina? Right. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> um, like vaguely in space. It's like a different planet, but it's I. I guess, like, tangentially, um, something Mario Kart Tour did recently that I thought was really fun was it had the, it had one of its, um, summer tours, and, um, 
it debuted um uh Daisy Cruz from Mario Kart Double Dash mm-hmm. which was oh, which was of a similar thing like or da- sorry Daisy Cruiser right um it was a similar thing like of well this is a cool idea for a track but what does it have to do with Daisy other than that she's a princess and could afford a <laughs> a, a giant yacht um <laughs> but they no in that same pack they one of the characters they added was a sailor Daisy, and I thought, oh, that's 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 cool. They like brought the character back around to fit with this asynchronous racetrack. Yeah, it's a really fun idea. Daisy, uh, Daisy had to justify why she has a yacht so it doesn't get uh, repossessed. She, she has no <laughs> ties to Putin. Everyone, just to be clear. Yeah, so yeah, okay, maybe maybe I was too dismissive of Snowland um because uh I had snow blindness appropriately enough. Um it'd be interesting when they do add it to tour um to kind of get that other half of it because yeah, like yeah. all the all these tracks are probably designed for Mario Kart tour, but we haven't seen the actual um origin point for this yet, so Then we've got Mushroom Gorge, Cameron, your favorite track Ugh. from Mario Kart Wii. Um, I I was dreading this track. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Mushroom Gorge, Hyle. Um, what are your thoughts on it? It's kind of boring, isn't it? Um, not not what I would call it. Okay. Um, I mean. To to be clear, like my my I have very negative associations with much Mushroom Gorge, and they are all to do with the original Wii iteration of the track. Okay, because um, as we've kind of gone over, like one of the like every Mario Kart game has its strengths and weaknesses, and a huge weakness of Mario Kart Wii is it is kind of the nadir of item chaos, mm-hmm. where you're getting hit with something every three seconds. Or sometimes seven things all within the span of seven seconds. Yeah. Um, And Mushroom Gorge is a track where the gimmick is that you spend a lot of it um, hopping on the caps of these giant mushrooms precariously over pits. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, you know, in the Wii game where um, you're constantly getting hit with items... um, you are often precariously over a pit and we um is and this is a thing that i like feel like i uniquely have complained about um we is a is a is the rare mario kart game where a lot, a lot of mario kart games have a ranking system even this one does but it it's basically just bragging rights um like oh three stars appear on your on your um, GP screen to indicate that you got first on every track. We had a system where it would rank you after completing a GP and a, and clearing a certain rank threshold was often tied to unlockable content. Yeah. And um, a ranking in Mario Kart Wii wasn't just based around whether you came in first place. It was also factored in how many times you... I believe you got hit with stuff and also had to be rescued if you went off course. So Mushroom Gorge was just the like center of a lot of anger for me in Mario Kart Wii because 
you'd be having a good run and you get knocked off course three times on Mushroom Gorge while Lakitu took forever to pick you back up and just kind of tanked an entire run. And I had a lot of anim- animosity for it because of that. Um, I'm happy to say they made it a lot more forgiving in Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Um, it's one just by nature of the item balance being way better than it was in Wii, but right. um, also because um, we pointed this out, how like Lakitu is kind of overzealous elsewhere in Mario Kart 8. Um, it's to your advantage in this track because he will be very eager to pick you up if you drop off the course for any length of time. And he'll also, like, kind of reset you forward a bit more than you would have been if he just put you right back where you were. So getting hit with an item in Mushroom Gorge isn't nearly as devastating as it was in the original game it appeared in. That, and, that is uh, true. I'm yeah. very thankful for that. It's it's funny for me, like, all the PTSD comes from Shroom Ridge because that's where I always suffer calamity in Mario Kart DS. And for you, it's Mushroom Gorge. For Mario Kart Wii. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there is no love lost for me in Mushroom Gorge. It's like, the the best it could ever do was make me tolerate it, and fortunately it does. <laughs> but I still kind of wince when it comes up in the rotation. Just from... And it and it, it coming, especially it coming as the third race in a Grand Prix, like, set off the, the Kill Bill sirens in my head. <laughs> Like, oh, that's just far enough that if I screw up, I can't reset and feel like I didn't waste a bunch of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then we've got Sky High Sunday, the final track of the Propeller Cup and Wave 2. This this is uh, very unique because I, I mentioned Ninja Hideaway sort of has dual branding where retroactively Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is claiming Ninja Hideaway as an original track, but it's also a Mario Kart Tour original. Sky High Sunday is the same, but the the debut of Sky High Sunday is, was almost simultaneous for Wave it 2 like, and Mario Kart Tour. It, it like technically launched first in 8 Deluxe, but by a matter of days. And only because Mario Kart tour updates on wednesdays so it it just just by nature of when the content rollout was it premiered in eight deluxe first but uh it it basically was simultaneous and so it it is like i think the only true case you could make for a shared track between the two even though i'm sure it was developed for mario kart tour it, it. I am very curious if these get carried forth into future Mario Kart entries, what the official line will be like where these tracks debuted. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think it will, even though it's technically true that this debuted in 8 Deluxe first, I think it would bother me to call it an 8 Deluxe track. Yeah, like I, I'm fine saying that it, it's it's uh, a shared uh, like custody between Tor and 8 eight deluxe but or i guess it would just be eight um in official designation there are no mario kart eight tracks in mario kart tour correct Mm, correct there are none whatsoever i would assume for any myriad number of reasons which boil down to hard to run on a phone um 
there are there's no anti-grav in tour yes yes there there is anti-gravity in sky high sunday in mario kart 8 deluxe um it's 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 really interesting why they did this um I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost done to, like, compensate for the way that Sky High Sunday is laid out. Yeah. In a game that, like, doesn't auto-steer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's it's an odd sort of give, give and take between the two appearances of the track between Tor and 8 Deluxe. And, in fact, it was Sky High Sunday that really led me to want to do this episode because I'm like, this is interesting. This is... This is interesting how they're uh, they're balancing the two. I, I'm curious. The so we've established like one version of the track has anti grav and the other doesn't. Yeah. And I'm like I playing it in tour. I kind of wonder like is it set up this way because of like physics differences between the two games, like to make it more forgiving. And I, I I don't know because it in it, it feels like a. It plays the same in tour, even without the purported anti-gravity, right? Because you're never, like, suspended upside down or anything. You're just you're just kind of um, going yeah. on very steep inclines. And I, I guess a, a thing to point out is, like, as we've discussed with, um, with Calamari Desert, where, like, the train's made of rubber. <laughs> How did that happen? Um... Uh, in as part of the anti-grab mechanic in Mario Kart 8, um, like colliding with other racers and objects speeds you up. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe that's also a factor because you can collide with the railings on uh, Sky High Sunday and get extra speed, similar yeah. to to running into a into something in tour. Yeah, and it I kind of wonder if like the anti-grab was sort of this. Like like kill two birds with one stone, get anti grav in one of these new courses, but also compensate for some of the things Tor does and eight doesn't with this feature that shares functionality. Yeah, I I can't speak to this because I have no idea like the the thought train behind it, uh, the thought rubber train behind it, but it works i i you know i really enjoy this track in both tour and mario kart 8 Deluxe. yeah um like to to, bear, to like uh, bury the lead a little bit but i re- i really like this track both um like in the layout and like just the ex- the idea and the execution of it there's some really fun stuff in here like even like even though it can't be as populous as a, a native Mario Kart eight track, there's a lot of really fun conceptual things in this. Um I like um like ramps that are made out of ice cube trays and like the, the line of ice cream, the wafers yeah. that you use as ramps. Um uh, a really cute touch that I it took it honestly took me a few rounds before I noticed, but like you you start and end of the race inside of a freezer, like a giant refrigerator freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really cute idea and execution, and it's a really standout Mario Kart track. 
Yeah, you know, I as much as I laud and spent earlier this episode lauding the sense of realism in Mario Kart 8, one of the things that I felt it detracted from was when they brought back some classic tracks and they sort of toned down the surrealism for them. For example, like Cheeseland. Oh, from, yeah. From... Che- when you said that, my mind immediately went to Cheeseland. I think that's the... The only Mario Kart 8 course that they like heavily re-envisioned where I just kind of shook my head and said, no, you, 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 you messed it up. You ruined it. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, in Mario Kart Super Circuit, Cheese Land took place on what's presumably the moon of, of the Mushroom World, which is entirely made out of cheese. And it, it was fun. It, it, it was goofy in the way that I do allow Mario games to be goofy where where it, it it's like so, okay so how can we make this different for the world of yeah Mario it's, it's like it's like the it's like the stork in Yoshi's Island it's like that's not realistic but it's like an old conventional idea and it's funny yeah and, and to it, see Mario take it seriously and it works in this other dimension dimensional realm and it was of Mario. And it was it was visually striking in Super Circuit. It had like the bright yellow offset with like this like this very dark blue sky with like teal in it, and mm-hmm. um, it had little mousers running around to like even play into the cheese theme even more. Which are is there like some kind of like like are are, are little mousers like Persona non grata in Mario anymore? I feel like I don't see them show up. Yeah. I I don't either. I feel like they've they've definitely discarded some of the um the, the character little mousers are from Yoshi's Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. And of course the name uh is is uh referencing the Super Mario Brothers 2 boss, Mouser, uh, itself a very clever pun. But um yeah, you you just never see either mouser or little mousers referenced anymore and um yeah it's 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 hard to say it's like some stuff when they standardize mario for uh, a console generation some stuff falls by the wayside i i got curious so i took a peek over to mario wiki it looks like um like their most recent appearance is in yoshi's crafted world so i don't know if they've just been kind of like like put in the fo- in the oh this is a Yoshi enemy folder well, maybe it, that's why we don't see them just, as much just, just like why critters aren't goalies in the new Strikers is because there's there's more consistent like oh well no they're Donkey Kong characters and uh, while Donkey Kong can appear in a Mario game of this nature let's not have critters appear because that dilutes things and it might be the same thing with Yoshi where yeah to to the layman to the layperson. A Yoshi game is basically a Mario game, but there there is stringent rules now put into place to prevent the the brands becoming muddled. I don't know, but um, anyway, um, yeah, but they they made Cheese Land into just a canyon, like a a dusty ravine, and I'm just like, well, that's not fun anymore. It's not it doesn't even look like cheese, really. And I guess you could squint and try to say they're the same place, but yeah, they they really like dialed back the surrealism. Even like Ribbon Road, also from Super Circuit, 
Like, it, it's still kind of surreal, but what they did was they basically put you in a child's bedroom, and you're like, did, did the, the Mario and Donkey Kong characters shrink down, or is this a giant child's bedroom? And whereas before Ribbon Road was just no explanation, it's just a an environment made out of gift wrapping. Okay. Oh no, this is just how scale works in Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> but with Sky High Sunday, we have that like level of well, whatever the fuck. Yeah, this is just uh, an area in the mushroom world that's completely made out of uh, frozen desserts. And it doesn't really need an explanation. It's it's because Mario, lol. But that's the kind of thing that does work for me. As much as I do love that realism that Mario Kart 8 brought to the Mushroom World, I do like that sense of, well, yeah, but we can also be completely over the top and silly with the environments and it still feels acceptable. And so Sky High Sunday feels like the best of both worlds, in my opinion, where we get back to that level of like gonzo whatever the fuck so random lol but it still looks pretty gorgeous even though it's just upscaled for mario kart tour allegedly you know yeah it's it's the sort of thing where like on a technical level like yeah this isn't as you can you can tell this is like optimized for a phone and not optimized for a switch originally but the direction is so strong yeah that I accept it anyway. And it's a fun track. So, it, it helps that it's just such a fun track. Um, on both it's versions. It's like really bright yeah. and poppy too. Um, like um, there's a lot of in-jokes comparing it to um, the game Fall Guys because of its color palette. But mm-hmm. everything being kind of this like very pastel, almost like... <laughs> like... um like padded room kind of vibe <laughs> to it but um and, and you know it's funny because i was complaining about how the mario kart series took on a, a pastel uh, appearance starting with double dash through the wii game but here you know it works because that is what it's supposed to be this very ice cream candy coating. Yeah, this is what candy looks like yeah it's, yeah yeah it's yeah. fine yeah so it's it's an appropriate uh use of that appearance of that look so yeah i i love sky high sunday and it, it's it's just, it's weird just how it works in both versions and it doesn't feel like one detracts from the other so it, it does feel like, did they design Sky High Sunday with both in mind? I don't know. Anyway, we, we, we've talked about the uh, the visual sacrifices that have been made because these tracks were developed for Mario Kart Tour, by and large, and they have been upscaled a bit for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with uh, bump maps and, and what have you. But there is a noticeable decrease in quality from the original Mario Kart 8 tracks. And, you know, that is a shame when you consider that that was one of the biggest highlights of Mario Kart 8 was how gorgeous it looked. So to have basically the back half of the game now uh, take a little decrease in quality... um, and not just like a it's not even just like visual fidelity it's 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 a completely different art direction 
Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's more in line with what Mario Kart was before Mario Kart 8. And because of the nature of what Mario Kart Tour has to be to run on everybody's smartphones, you know, you, you can't have it look like Mario Kart 8. Like, I never tried to run Xbox games on my smartphone. I imagine it wouldn't go well for me. But you you played Sea of Thieves on your phone recently, didn't you? I uh, I loaded up Sea of Thieves on my phone um, to, like fiddle with some like load in real quick um it's not ideal um but i mean that's streamed video it's not like rendered in real time like i'm like mario kart tour would need to do right right so anyway yeah it, it doesn't look bad L- let me just say like i don't think any of the new 48 tracks or i guess 16 that we've played so far none of them look bad um and I think they're still visually superior to every Mario Kart game before 8. Um, but it does feel like a compromise. I So what, what I feel I would compare it to is like when a a um, a retro stage appears in a Smash Brothers game that was like made before Brawl. Yeah, that's, where that's, they, that's apt, yeah. Where, like, they, they might clean it up a little. They might clean it up a lot, like um, Hyrule Temple and Rainbow Rainbow Cruise. But, mm. like, um, like, when I see um, Congo Jungle 64 in, Smash, in a newer Smash game, I don't think, like, oh, God, lazy much? They didn't make this look like a modern game i just kind of accept like oh this is this is this is a throwback this is okay this is true to the original they've like they've told me this is what this is um i guess i guess i kind of gets to like if we if i wanted to give my overall thoughts on like this visual disparity um it is very it is I'm not going to pretend for a second it's not noticeable because it is extremely noticeable. It's not just like like something a handful of nicky nitpicky nit uh nitpicky people have um made made sound like an evident thing when it's really not. And mm-hmm. it is very obvious even at a glance. Um but Given the nature of what this is, which is it's taking tracks from Mario Kart Tour and putting them in Mario Kart 8 so you can play them in Mario Kart 8, get some more content and a unique experience out of Mario Kart 8 that you wouldn't otherwise get and, you know, get get a bit more life out of this old game. Like, I really appreciate it and don't really mind that it looks the way it does at all. Yeah, I, I think where people are getting tripped up is, like you mentioned in the Smash comparison, retro stages in Smash have always been presented as that. Like, there's... Mini- yep, mini- this is... That, that's the, that's the like, the asterisk on the end of what I said, which is... I accept the way that these things are because, yeah, this is just this is tracks imported from Mario Kart Tour and cleaned up and adjusted 
to make them work in Mario Kart 8. Um, that's what I understand them to be. That is not how Mar the how Nintendo has branded these. Right. Um, they have not been. Um, they haven't really um addressed like, you know, like call a spade a spade. This is what this is. They've kind of, and I think this is a very on brand thing for Nintendo to do, which is right. kind of um, um, this like almost Disney-like quality of, like, you know, game design is this magical process that we don't... We'll, we'll let you peek behind the curtain, but only a curtain that we have curated. Which is why um, which is why I can't get in touch with them to ask about the Rambi Rider. And it's like frustrating. It's, it, it's honestly why it was, like, as much as the situation sucks, um, it was refreshing went to me when they did that um announcement video like saying hey um metroid prime 4 is gonna be a while mm -hmm. this is why and i like we've restarted development we've taken it over to retro and it was just kind of this refreshing moment of oh that's a that's a level of transparency and like ad like uh admission from nintendo that i don't normally get and it's a really nice again transparency and honesty from them um and i it's yeah i i just wish that there had been any like even brief acknowledgement and you can you could even like acknowledge that these tracks are from tour in like a very positive way like just like, I can very much imagine one of their, like, their Nintendo Direct videos with the obnoxious voice at, voiceover saying, like, fan favorite courses from the hit mobile game Mario Kart Tour are coming to Mario Kart 8 on Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And you're right. Like, had they been up front with that from the start, just, just said this is the way it is, but we're doing this so you can play them at any time you want. Um, I think people would have been receptive. I think it's raising expectations and then having the blunt force of reality hit people in the face. That has been the biggest source of consternation. And, and you know, like, the fact that we do have retro courses in the base game that they did make look so gorgeous, and you're not going to get that with the 48 new tracks because they are just upscaled from Mario Kart Tour. But if had they presented this as like the Mario Kart Tour uh, pass in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think people would have maybe mentally accepted it more. The, the oh, 100 100%. It's even, as I said, it's even cordoned off on the track select. Like yeah. you can just accept like, okay, from the second I go to this screen, I am officially in tour mode. Yes. And all of the expectations I place on this game are fully with the understanding that I am playing tour content. Like, we're we're complaining, and we're seeing people complain about presentation, but I feel like people's problems with the presentation would have been uh, placated had there been better presentation, just labeling it as such. Like, the... the, the, yeah, the literally, <laughs> literally, just... I'm not... I'm asking for, like, you know... Just, just a line of text. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and honestly, like 
for me, the only area where it really becomes egregious is in the Sydney Opera House when the characters in the audience are just the flat depictions, like literally like Paper Mario like cutout versions of Toads and Yoshis and Shy Guys, and, and you're like, oh, why why couldn't they just get real real characters in there? It's really inelegant in that specific instance. Yeah. Um, because you notice it in a way that you wouldn't if that was if those characters were far away or facing toward you. But because you view that crowd from the side, you, when you drive through the opera house, you are it, it does look like Paper Mario. You're seeing the flat edge. It's not like a Super Mario 64 tree where it's just like follow like everybody's eyes follow you around the room, yeah. which I think would have been a better solution if they had to do a 2D crowd. Yeah. Um, it, it's like it is just cardboard people and it looks really weird. I mean, it, it's really weird in Mario Kart Tour, if I'm honest, right? Like that it's been a problem in Mario Kart Tour because I'm like, well, everywhere else in the game, you've got 3D characters watching you from the sidelines. Why, why is it so weird here? Um, I guess it's the same in Dodger Stadium, I, I, but it's more noticeable in the Sydney Opera House because at least flying over Dodger Stadium and Los Angeles laps, gliding over it, I should say. You're, uh, I mean, at least when they were putting fake crowds in stadiums made of cardboard during max COVID lockdown, like they didn't move. You knew they were cardboard. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, is this just, it's just, just the COVID thing. I guess that's us. Yeah. I know New Zealand's been a lot more strict with, uh, you know, crowd gatherings and whatnot. I don't know about Australia though. Um, did they just have to like, maybe they had to incorporate the paper versions of the characters from the paper Mario dimension from the paper Mario realm because they can't contract COVID-19. It would be a cool thing to, you know, lean into it. Give them the Paper Mario, like, white outlines. Pretend these are, like, the the crowd from Thousand Year Door that watch you battle and, like, occasionally, ha- like, throw things at you. Again. If you're, if you're fighting but, poorly. Yeah, the problem is just in presentation. If they just slightly tweaked it, I think everybody would really appreciate it. Anyway, yeah. We do have a call to take. And I wanted to play that before we launch into our final thoughts, which we all know what our final thoughts are going to be. Where's Diddy Kong? But let's let's uh, let's build up to it. All right. Those are my final thoughts, my uh, my <laughs> initial thoughts, and my during <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> really, yeah. Every every conversation about Mario Kart at this point, about Mario Kart Eight at this point, just boils down to where is Diddy Kong? All right, but. <laughs> maybe the call will be more than that. I don't know. Maybe the call will inspire us to to wrap things up a bit more lively and less rote than we typically do. Let's hear what they have to say. Hey, Highland Cameron. This is Traveler of the Stars. Just calling in because uh, talking about the Mario Party Deluxe Booster Course Pack. Uh, and I wanted to give my opinion on it. So... You know, undoubtedly, of course, uh, there's, there are a lot of courses that look visually not as distinct as the original game. And, you know, those definitely stick out because, you know, for a game that came out in 2014, 
that's like probably one of, if not the best looking Nintendo game, I'd say, ever. It's really, really good looking. Um, and, you know, obviously Nintendo games, you don't prioritize graphics, and obviously it's a racing game, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of high quality there. And, you know, some of it is definitely sacrificed visually in, you know, this booster course pack. I guess for me, you know, Wave 1, the tracks that were picked weren't my absolute favorites, um, but there's still some really good ones, and definitely more so on Wave 2. And not to spoil things, I won't do that, but there's been some music leaks that hint at upcoming tracks that are definitely probably going to come in the game. And, um, you know, some of them are really good. So I think for the most part, uh, you know, the track designs are still really, really good. The track's chosen really good. I'd say the only one that's really had been butchered is Sky Garden because the track layout was just, like, totally neutered. Other than that, you know, I think for $25 for 48 bucks, I think, you know, it's definitely worth the money. I, Nintendo obviously, you know, is, is turning it out at a lower quality to get these out. I think this is to placate people for the next, you know, Mario Kart game. Um, and it would be nice if they weren't added some characters on tour. I think that would sweeten the pot. But, you know, um, obviously a lot of Nintendo games usually uh, are really high quality and don't rush them out. And I definitely think that, at least for the first wave, maybe it was kind of quickly churned out. Because I would say on the whole, Wave 2 looks better. And even went back and added some details to Wave 1. Um, I do think it's a little ridiculous, like, to stop on the course and look, look around and point out the details that are bad. Because, you know, truthfully, you're never really going to see that. Um, but uh, anyway... Yeah, on the whole, I think it's worth it. I, if you're getting a Nintendo game, you know, obviously, like, the visuals aren't the draw. I definitely understand the discrepancy, but overall, I think they are good courses still. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call, Traveler of the Stars. It's Cameron. New tracks are great. Like they they have they have essentially doubled the value of Mario Kart Eight. Like I can't break down track by track how much value is added, but just from sheer track selection, this will double the value of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, a game that is uh, eight years old, and you know will be close to a decade by the time these are all released. And you know we, we we've already gone over the reasons why we're not getting the next Mario Kart game, Mario Kart 9, or whatever it's called, just doesn't make sense to launch it right now. This is a, I, I think, a fine middle ground. I don't have any problems with this. As skeptical as I am about capitalism and the ways in which people are gouged for money, I think this is essentially a win-win for everyone. Um, Nintendo doesn't have to invest in a new Mario Kart game just yet. They continue, they continue to profit off this very profitable game that's not slowing down in sales in any way. Anybody who buys a Switch it seems to get this game. Not everybody, of course. I don't think Jeff owns it. Jeff doesn't own it, right? Uh, no, he was holding out for similar reasons to me, okay, which so, is he bought it yeah. on Wii U. So, so yeah, not, not even everybody on the DK Vine staff owns Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but a large percentage of the switch install base has it so 
I, I don't have any issues with the way they're going about it. Even the, the track fidelity, I, I can allow. I, I, I can make peace with. I just wish maybe they were, like we said, a little bit more upfront with what these are, um, to decrease expectations by and large and to set them apart from the original tracks and why, why they look a little bit hinkier. That's all well and good, but. You know, it, it's funny. With Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, we were saying, you know, once once DK Vine's uh, wants were basically met. I mean, we, we would always, you know, maybe want a little bit more. Dixie would have been great. But Super Smash Bros. Ultimate really finally gave us the characters we've been wanting. K. Rule and Banjo and Kazooie. We, we got them both. One in the base game, one in the DLC. And it got to the point where it's like, well, you know, new characters in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate are great, but I really wish we could get more stages. I really wish we could get more um, classic stages and new stages. It would be great to get something from Tropical Freeze in there, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's the inverse now with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Hey, the new stages are great. Uh, we've, we, we've got just an embarrassing wealth of riches when it comes to the stages but god where mario kart 8 has always lacked has been in the character selection especially if you're a weirdo like us who prefers donkey kong characters or even likes characters from uh, super mario brothers 2 because look i would take half of the new tracks that we're getting in the booster course pass or maybe even less than half if it meant we could get Diddy in the game or even some tour originals like Dixie Kong, Funky Kong, get Birdo back, uh, get Pauline for Gibbon. I, I, you know, there, Mario Kart Tour, I wouldn't say Mario Kart Tour has the best character selection because there is so much padding in Mario Kart Tour. There, there are so many characters that make pink, gold, peach look uh quaint in comparison i i would still i would still say it has the best selection i mean if you discount how you're accruing that selection yes yes um which is engaging with the the gotcha pulling yeah um but the thing is and i i've felt this way for a while about mario kart which is like you can have as many like bullshit silly choices as you like, like um Pink Gold Peach or Cat Mario or Luigi with the big sausage if you've covered your bases first. Yeah. And I think Mario Kart Tour did that and more. Yeah, they they, like, they we got Diddy in that game early. It, and it was really early, yeah. And like and um you know, we got Dixie and Funky, like, basically every, like, I think every Donkey Kong character that ever needs to be in a Mario Kart game is in Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, I, I would argue um, that Cranky is really the last one that would make a lot of sense to put in Mario Kart, Um, aside from any, like, philosophical reasons that Cranky would never want to appear in Mario Kart Tour, right. or, or in Mario Kart game and in general, but... And um, it's not just, like, obviously we're coming at this from the skewed Donkey Kong fan perspective, 
And like, I'm sure the response from some people would be like, well, you're getting up in arms that Diddy is not in this game, but he's not even a Mario character. Why should Mario be beholden? But the thing is, Mario Kart 8 is, as we've established, a game rooted in 2014. The Mario side of this roster is lacking and also out of date. Yeah. Um, Like, we've established, like, Birdo's not in the game, and that was glaring even back when Deluxe came out that Birdo's not in the game. She's even on signs in the game. All right. Um, Pauline's had this huge resurgence as a character um, with Odyssey and everything after, and getting into tour like pretty much immediately with a ton of fanfare. It's weird that she has absolutely no stamp in eight. Um, characters like that have been showing up in tour and also other Mario spinoffs like charge and Chuck, like, right. There's so there's all this like this time in the Mario Kart series that has pat in time in the Mario series that has passed cart eight by. And it feels like I'm kind of like looking into this window to the past a little bit. Or a link while to it's the, also link getting new content. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like this this disparity where like, oh, I, I really want to play these tracks again. In the, I, want, I really want to experience these tracks in a new way, but, oh, I can't use half the characters I normally use, and Donkey Kong's character model scares me, so I guess I'm <laughs> playing as Daisy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think Tor has, like, ruined me. As, aside from coddling my the way I play Mario Kart and just, like, sanding off any skills I might have legitimately possessed at any point... Um, I, I can run nearly every race in Mario Kart Tour with at least some DK series component. Um, now granted, like you mentioned, the gotcha method in Mario Kart Tour, the, the way you unlock characters, you know, and, and it's not all just pulling the pipe, hoping for the best, you know, uh, characters do come into the shop, like the, the, the in-game shop with the in-game, uh, gold, yeah, you know. Again, like, I have not spent one red cent on this game, and I've gotten most of the characters I care about. Yeah, um, it, it, like, it's frustrating when you first start playing Mario Kart Tour, and you can only play as, as a Koopaline, or whatever, whatever character you're going to lock from the start, and then you've got baby characters. Like, the, the game knows what it's doing, and it knows the preferences of players very well, in that, you know... The, the most readily available characters are the baby versions and the Koopalines. It's just like, oh yeah, no, like, they made a big to-do about the Koopalines coming into Mario Kart 8. I remember when they had that launch trailer, and I was kind of crestfallen, because I was like, oh, we're not gonna get Diddy, are we? But, it, it's funny how quickly, like, the, the common knowledge is, like, nah, nobody really wants to play as the Koopalines. I mean, not, uh, surely there's Koopaline diehards out there, and I remember how awesome it was when they returned because f for several years they were you know the the odd characters out in in the mario series where they were never referenced or acknowledged yeah this i i remember the period in like the early 2000s where people were like why are you pretending the koopa kids didn't exist why why don't they show up anymore yeah um i remember people going absolutely nuts when they showed up in mario and luigi superstar saga yeah, yeah. because it was they had just been like, I don't know, 
locked in a room for a decade. <laughs> I don't know. And it is it, it is funny because like whatever era you grow up in, that becomes the defining area era of Mario for you. And so for me, like I grew up with Super Show, where the Super Mario Brothers two characters like Mauser and Fry Guy were given like outsized prominence in my psyche. And then it was the Koopalines, the Koopa Kids, uh, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, so so those are like the two like heavyweight cast for me are, are the cast of Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3 and World. And then, uh, you know, once you got into the N64 era, a lot of that fell by the wayside, aside from characters like Shy Guys, which have persevered. Um and um and and then you know you 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 kind of got like deadlocked into no this is what Mario is and then the GameCube era brought in PD Piranha and uh, King Bobom and and you're just like well and Bowser Jr. of course and you're just like well where 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 where's Wendy O where where's Morton <laughs> um and and you know and, and things things eventually find a way of coming around again it's but, to to the point that. Um, PD Piranha and King Bob are in tour now. Yeah. And it feels weird that they're not in Mario Kart 8 because they're in tour. And I have to say, you know, PD Piranha was kind of a meme in the early aughts on DK Vine where he we, we hated PD Piranha. PD Piranha we, is representative of everything that is wrong with Mario. Because it and did Nintendo. just seem like he was everywhere to the point of overexposure. Right. And I think. I feel like Smash Brothers Brawl was the game that killed it <laughs> for PD. Yeah. I I feel like you you just didn't see him show up in anything for a long time after Mario Kart, I mean uh, after S- Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. PD fell by the wayside and then when he w- came back recently in Mario Kart Tour, I remember thinking, "Oh my god, PD yeah, it's like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm happy to oh, see him again. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you're right. It, it is just overexposure. Like, I don't think I ever minded the character. It was just that it was, like, they went all in on this character to the point where, you know, it's just like, well, why why can't you use a, uh, a more classic character? I would love to see some old favorites show up in these sports games. And, you know. It, it, it it's that philosophy and Mario Kart Tour. You're right. Like aside from the the nonsense, like Luigi with the big sausage and uh, the four Doctor characters and astronaut Mario and pilot Mario and you know, um, you you've got you you do have like everyone in there. Like I, um, not everyone. Uh, I don't like characters who aren't classified as Mario or Donkey Kong characters. Who have been in Mario Kart aren't in there. You yeah, you, you don't have the Inklings or Isabel or Link, or you don't have uh, Rob from Mario Kart DS robotic or, or Pac Man or well, Vermechi. Yes. Right, right. The Mario Kart arcade characters, but you you have pretty much everyone in there. Even like throwbacks like Donkey Kong Junior from Super Mario Kart, and- which. And Kamek, who got cut from Mario Kart 64. Yeah. And and Mario Kart 8 comes so close. So close to being the perfect Mario Kart game. It even has the best Donkey Kong track, which, granted, was from Mario Kart 7, which 
the only reason we got such a faithful Donkey Kong track was Retro co-developed the game and got their stuff in there. But, you know, it, it still has, you know, a beautiful rendition of it in Mario Kart 8. All it needs are a few more characters. And, and not just Diddy, but like Birdo or Pauline. Like, if we are going to keep Mario Kart 8 on life support, so it will be the defining Mario Kart game of more than a decade, uh, it definitely needs to update with the times and, and have the cast reflect that. Um, not just based on Mario Kart Tour, but based on where the Mario series is today. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm advocating for, for another DLC pack, I guess, with characters this time around. Because I, I don't expect, like, all of the, the silly variants from Mario Kart Tour to make their way in. Like, I don't need White Tanuki Mario in there. Like that, that that's a hard pass for me. Like I don't need to waste my rubies in game to pull that we, pipe. The monkey's paw curls and then asking for Birdo. They've added seven new characters and they're all multicolor Birdo. <laughs> right. <laughs> from Mario Kart Tour. Oh, uh, isn't isn't it funny how they always work that monkey paw in the Mario Kart, but they never put the monkey attached to it in. This has been a file two production. Qué rico.